We love a little bit of drama around here. Secrets, affairs, backstabbing, betrayal. Prime Video has it all included. Like the new history-bending love story, My Lady Jane, and the sexy romantic new movie, The Idea of You, starring Anne Hathaway. Or add-on channels like Max for drama-filled favorites like HBO original The White Lotus. Find your happy place. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra and on-trend hues like green, citron, and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriassecret.com. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Great tease in bright and early. Yes. The wheel of games. I'm so pumped up. Look at what a three-day weekend does for me, huh? Yeah. Wakes me up, gets oh, wait. me going. Wait till you see these games. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll spin the wheel in just a second. Hey, we got to bring you up to speed. So over Memorial Day weekend, a lot of us were on our Norwegian Bliss in Los Angeles, the big launch party. I couldn't make it, and I'm so upset. But we will be on board live tomorrow morning as we do the official christening in Seattle. Yeah. So uh, we're traveling all over the world. So who all was on Bliss? I know, Nate, you were there. Yeah, I was there. Samantha was on Bliss. I was. Scary. I was there along with uh, Froggy was there, too, and David Brody. You're, wow. So yeah. I, how, is she still as beautiful as I left her? <laughs> yeah. So pristine. 
And yeah. it was really fun seeing it through people's eyes for the first time because Carla Marie and Anthony were on the ship and they hadn't seen it before. So it was like, I imagine taking your kids to Disney. That is great. And <laughs> then, of course, the, the Seattle is Carla Marie and Anthony's uh, home city. Yeah, so stomping ground. They're hosting us, but it's the official christening. So even though we've been named the godparents of Norwegian Bliss, yeah. we're not officially the godparents until the ship is christened. Until tomorrow. So yeah, tomorrow morning it's going to happen. We're oh, so excited. So then, make sure you watch all your social media and keep an eye on it. Then we can have the t-shirts made saying that we're the godparents. Exactly. Right after tomorrow. We're godparents. Aren't you the fairy godfather? I'm the fairy godfather. We can't wait to see you on the ship tomorrow. Are we going to actually uh, take a, that giant bottle of champagne and smash it against the side? Well, well yeah, but I mean, which I think is just a waste of great champagne. Right? Go underneath the Open your mouth. But, okay, but let me. I'm not going to give everything away. But tomorrow's ceremony for the christening of Norwegian Bliss is over the top. I'm. Mean, we've got music. We've got performances from all sorts of artists. I can't tell you more than that. It's a major thing, and it's all going to be produced in beautiful video form, so you can watch the whole thing. Can't wait. And they trust us with that. I know. They're crazy. <laughs> Big mistake. But actually, so rather than me walking to the bow of the ship. <laughs> And then taking a champagne bottle and smashing it. No, there, there's a big contraption. You know, I pull a lever and it swings down. And it, it's a, you'll see. I can't wait. So exciting. I know. So, uh, so tell me, the ship, did you leave it intact for our ceremony tomorrow? Slightly more sullied over the weekend. but <laughs> Did anyone sleep in my, my stateroom? Uh, I don't know. Did I sleep in his room? I think oh, I may no. have slept so in your first, room. You had it, then I had it. I, I didn't get it this time. Or someone had my stateroom. Well, it's very sullied if I was in it. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh You're disgusting. No, you were smooshy pushy bear, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I don't need that. Anyway, Norwegian Bliss, uh, I know that uh, after tomorrow's show, it's getting ready for Alaska. Yes. It's first Alaskan cruise. And it really, truly was built to showcase Alaska. Oh, my gosh. The whole length of the ship is on one of the levels, which is huge. It's all... Floor to ceiling glass, like yeah. two stories tall, and it's living rooms after living rooms after living rooms, and you just sit there and watch the glaciers go by. It's, I cannot uh, wait. All right, let's get into Wheel of Games. Wheel of Games. I'm looking at your wheel today, Gregory. Yes. Lots of day, uh, games here. Wedgie trivia. All right, so wedgie trivia is uh, we ask our listener a trivia question that I have here, and if she gets it right, then you, Elvis Duran, get to give me a good old-fashioned wedgie. Oh, okay, that's simple. Yeah. Another uh, game it could land on is hot dog or no hot dog. So I go around the around the room here, and I tell the listener your name. Like, I'll say Danielle, and then she'll say, uh, I think she did, or she did not have a hot dog, and then I will smell her breath, and I will guess whether or not Danielle had a hot dog or not. Like this morning? No, no, no. Like <laughs> over the weekend. My nose is so talented. I can tell okay, whether or right. not she had one. Okay, that's kind of crazy. All yeah. right. Another game you can land on. What's in his pants? Oh. So I walk over to Nate and I stand behind him and then I feel around for what's in his pants. You put your hand down the front of his yeah. pants? Uh-huh. All right. And then we, we guess. I, I, I didn't sign off on this one. <laughs> it may not land on it. You have a one in... <laughs> You have a one in five chance. We don't know. Uh, another game that we could play today, Ride That Bull. Oh, dude, this is my favorite. I can't wait. How this do you is, ride that bull? Oh, this is going to be great. Okay, so Brody gets on all fours. <laughs> Scary climbs on Brody's back. No, no. And then, and then the, the audience member has to guess how many seconds Scary can stay on Brody's back. <laughs> oh, my God. Brody yeah. tries to buckle all It's like bull riding yes. at the rodeo. Yes, yes. 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 All right, okay. And finally, we could land on a game called Don't Shred It. Uh, it's so boring, this game, but it's a 
a good one. So I have three envelopes right here, and inside one of these envelopes is a $100 bill, and then the audience member will guess one envelope not to shred, and then we will shred the other two so they may lose $100. No, 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 we're not going to shred money. Well, that's hopefully money, not. No, no, that's money that could go to help someone. Wait, where did you get the money from? What do you mean? Where? Well, Scary left his wallet out. <laughs> douche. I just took it. I said, All right. I let's, uh, I, I'm, by the way, I don't like that game. Because that, that money, I don't like to waste money. That could go to someone who Believe needs me, it. Believe me, I can use it too. All what's right. in hello, his pants? Come hello, on. Hello, what's in his pants? Samantha. Mm -hmm. You heard some of those games. Which one do you hope it lands on? Um, I kind of hope it lands on the bull riding one. Oh, oh I'm yeah. sorry. It just landed oh. on ugh, Don't Shred It. Okay. So you, okay, so there are three envelopes here. You choose right. either envelope one, two, or three. Okay, okay, to save, and we'll put that one aside, and he wow. shreds the other two, and one of those envelopes has a $100 bill in it. I really don't like this game. <laughs> okay, let me make let me make a deal with you, Great T. Yes, sir. If we shred the $100 bill, you have to give me $100 to donate to charity. Oh, that, that was, I, I didn't write that in the rules. That, <laughs> that was never, when I was sitting in my computer. All right, here I mean, we go. Uh, do you want to save envelope one, two, or three? Um, I'm going to save envelope two. All right, put two aside. Okay, two I'm putting aside. All right, so he has two other envelopes. One of them contains, one of them may contain $100. Okay, this I'm going over to the shredder. Oh is that God. my shredder? What's my shredder doing in here? I had to bring it in here. What, what, a shredder. This is some jankity. This is a good one. This is a good shredder. I know. It's, it's, it's a high quality. Uh, this is. This has got to cost you at least $300, this shredder. Why not? But I, please don't shred the $100. Well, we don't know what's in them. I don't even remember. All right, We're going to all that bill in. Okay, run it through. Run it through. All right, here's, so here's envelope number one. Here we go. Okay. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah, anxiety. Okay, he's looking so down nervous. below. Is it green, like currency? Look inside. No, we're good. Oh. That one was not the $100. Okay, that was not good. the $100. What was it? That was, I just had a letter said no. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're now going to shred envelope number three. Number three. Oh, God, oh I hate this. This is go. so wasteful. This is go. a bad idea. And let's see. Oh, that's the $100. Oh! That's the one. American currency. That's yes. that illegal. That's to not. Do? I, I, it should be. That's not good. Oh, it's not good. Yeah, terrible. So you just shredded Scary's one hundred dollar <laughs> bill. dollars. Oh, and just for proof, we'll open up envelope number two that she set aside. And, and it says no. All right. Says no. Uh, All right. Well, do we? Scary, do you have any more money you can send uh, Samantha? I have a $2 bill. We're going to send you a $2 bill, Samantha. I got to tell you, I have never once in my life ever shredded money. That's why the first you, time. Why are you so happy? This is a sad day. I don't like this. What a rush. Samantha, have a great day. Sorry about that, but it's $2 you okay, didn't have. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Hold on one second. There you go. Someone owes me $102. <laughs> Seriously, what a rush. That is not right. Wow. Uh, all right. People should try that one at home. No, no, no. They should not. They should don't. not. No, no, no. There are people who could have used that money, You're and right. that, I'm really disappointed. Me too. I'm so the biggest movie of the weekend, of course, Solo, a Star Wars story. Han Solo, you know, played by our new friend Alden. Yeah. Uh, we had a great conversation with him, and since he had the number one movie over the weekend, I want you to hear parts of that coming up. Twitter under attack. Follow Elvis on Twitter, at Elvis Duran. Elvis Duran in the morning show. Really? You shouldn't be shredding money. I mean, it's ridiculous. Funny, though. You know how many pairs of shoes I could have bought with I that? I know. And there are people out there in need. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, this is a sad day. Let me make it happy for you. Blue Apron. You know what? I can't wait. Tomorrow, I'm so worn out from the weekend, yeah. I don't want to go shopping Ugh. to buy food to 
cook. That's why Blue Apron's great. They do all the, the heavy lifting. They go and buy just the right amount of produce and meats and whatever you need for your recipes that they create. And you can create it in under 45 minutes. And they only give you enough food for the recipes. Yeah. You do the chopping and the eating. You do the fun part. And Blue Apron gives you these fresh pre-portioned ingredients, these step-by-step recipes. Like I said, under 45 minutes, boom, you're on. You can uh, do 12 new recipes every week, or you can do two or three or four recipes. They really are just totally, totally bendable to whatever you need. Yeah, and nothing's going to go to waste because they give you the exact amount that you need for everything. And you know me. I'm not eating meat these days. Yeah. The creamy pesto cavatelli with mushrooms and spicy breadcrumbs. <gasps> oh, that sounds amazing. I know. Mm. I ate uh, the other portion, too. <laughs> it's okay. Listen, I'm going to save a lot of money for you. Your first three meals at Blue Apron for free. Just go online and look at their recipes to start with and, and what the story is all about. Blueapron.com slash Elvis. You have to do it that way. Blueapron.com slash Elvis. The National Radio Hall of Famer. Elvis Duran. Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. As you know, the newest, hugest movie in the world was born this past weekend. Solo, a Star Wars story. So last week, we hung out with the one and only Han Solo himself, Alden Ehrenreich. If you missed it, what a great guy. Listen to this. This is Elvis Duran and the Morning Show. I can't imagine what it's like to get a phone call as an actor and they say, hey, we want you to star as Han Solo. That's cool. I mean, there's some history to this role. Just a little. And uh, now, not only that, you're going to work with Ron Howard. Right. Other than that, it's just another day at the office. <laughs> so I'm so excited uh, to introduce you to Han Solo. Alden Ehrenreich, please Woo! step forward. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Come on Hi. in here. Welcome. Hi. Thanks a lot. Played Seriously, the music you, as you, I walked in. That's yeah, nice. we got music. We got everything. You, you get that phone call. Yes. And, 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 I mean, I guess your agent called you. And said, I got the directors something. called me at the time. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. I knew first, actually. Uh, and you're just like over the moon. You're trying to wrap your head around it, and it's kind of beyond belief. And you know, you know, it's not just getting this role you're going to play for the summer. You're... This whole life adventure is going to happen. Wow! Wow! Do you do you call yeah. Harrison Ford and say, "Hey, you got any advice for me?" Uh, yeah, sort of. Like we were we were in pre production. There's a bunch of kind of training and stunt stuff and stuff you're doing. Then we were getting close to shooting, and we hadn't talked to him yet. And I so I kind of asked if I could talk to him a little bit because it just didn't feel right to not talk to him right. before you do it. Um, so originally it was going to be me and the head of the studio and the directors and him, and then everyone else was out of town. So it just ended up being me and him, which was great. Wow. Yeah, it was really great. There are so many people, of course, uh, me included, we've been just a fan of everything Star Wars since, I mean, since I was a kid and I'm yeah. ancient. What year was the original <laughs> Star Wars out? 77. Yeah. Good God. Wow. Uh-huh. But, but you know, a lot of people get confused because it's not a, a flowing story that's in any kind of chronological order. Right. right. So now we're going back to Han Solo's early days when he started. Right. When he started smuggling. and Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and so they're saying that this, this film has a totally different pace. Yeah. A, a very fun feel, right? Yeah. I think this one has kind of, this one's kind of like this kind of great adventure yarn you know it's like right. because it's han solo it's funny and it's got this kind of tougher edge and it all takes place in sort of the underworld of star wars so like if you look at a new hope in the cantina scene where you meet him that was always my favorite part of the star wars universe and this is sort of 
that underworld gangster vibe. If you've never seen a Star Wars movie, yes, you, will you get lost or you'll I don't be okay? think so. I think this one in particular of of the other films, like of the new films, is the most sort of its own. Uh, story in a way you know you're kind of because it's also kind of a biopic of a fictional character you're watching this guy kind of come from this hard background and try to find his way and i think if it wasn't star wars you'd still have this it'd still be this great fun adventure story i don't know back to that phone call you got from the directors and they're saying hey we want you you're 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 our han solo and you you knew right then it was going to be a massive production right but that's before they brought ron howard in right yeah Okay. Yeah. So when they added him to the, oh, man. the yeah. mix, what does that do to your nerves? I mean, <laughs> I mean, is there ever a moment where you you're, you're like, uh, I don't know, I, I this is too <laughs> this is too much for me? Or, well, you know, like uh, you know, I auditioned for it for about six months, mm-hmm. and over the course of that audition, I really like I went on a trip by myself, and I kind of dis- I kind of was like, well. I need to make sure I really want to do this because if you're deciding, of course you want to do it. Of course you want to play Han Solo and it's Star Wars, but you need to make sure that you're not just doing it because everyone would think you're crazy if you didn't want, if you didn't, you right. know, you, so I spent some time because you are saying yes to a lot of stuff. You know, you're saying yes to years of your life and, and this kind of lots of, uh, lots of crazy stuff happening. And so, you know, so when, once you say yes to that, once I kind of decided that, Every step of the way, it's like, well, okay, now here's a new turn and here's a new twist. And yeah. All right. I want you to honk your own horn for a second here. Okay. Out of 3,000 people who auditioned for Han Solo, you were the first one and they went with you. Yeah. First. Yeah. yeah. What is it about you? I have no idea. I don't know. It's okay. I don't know. It's okay to say nice things about yourself. (laughs) Um, What is it about you? What's so special about you? Yeah, right. Who do you think you are? (laughs) Right, exactly. What do you think it is? I don't know. You know, I know that their particular take on this character I loved from the beginning. I thought the way they wrote it and the way the humor of it and the fun of it felt really good to me from early on and felt really good. You know, you go in, you know that everyone's going to be auditioning and you don't think you're going to get it. But I knew that very early on, I was like, well, this feels fun. So I'm going to enjoy auditioning for it. And, and, uh, and then it kept going, and I liked all the people that I was working with, and got along great with them. So is yeah. that is six months? Because I know you said it took six months for them to cast you. Is that a normal process for a big movie like that? <sighs> I think so. I don't know. It's probably varies, but yeah. I've I've been up for things for you know I, my first movie I auditioned for for about five months, and uh, I did a movie for Warren Beatty that was kind of five years of auditioning. So oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a job, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's either this or what would you be doing if you weren't acting? Um, it'd be something in movies. I love film. I Are love you from California originally? It, yeah, I'm from Los Angeles. Um, it'd be something involving, you know, writing. I mean, I'm editing a short film that I wrote and directed, so it'd be something like that. Yeah. If you're just turning us on, uh, Alden Ehrenreich is here. Of course, Han Solo's out. Uh, will we, will we be seeing Darth Vader in this film? I can't say. Come on! I can't say anything like that. You said you were going to come in here and you were going to give us anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just thought, I thought I'd sneak the question in. No, there's Disney people that will, you know, like, I'll disappear very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) This will be the the unhappiest place on earth. That's right. So, okay. Okay, so we're trying to figure out, if if you're familiar with all the movies in the stories, we're trying to figure out where this one lands as far as time. So experts are saying that Solo takes place somewhere between Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, and Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Does That's that right. Sense? That's right. Yes. 
Are you? That's you a, correct. Are you a big fan? Have you seen all these? Yeah, I've seen all of them now. Uh, I was a kid. Uh, I loved it. You know, I had all the toys, and I had a lightsaber, and I had all the action figures and stuff. I had Han Solo action figures. You never knew you were holding yourself, did you? No, that's right. <laughs> no, someone asked me recently. Oh, that's yeah, kind of, that's, that's right. That's okay, very I didn't creepy. Mean it like that. No, so I have. There's an action figure of me now, and they said, "Is it weird to play with yourself?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the answer is no. I mean, it's a natural thing. Uh, so, I mean, I would assume well, you've told us anyway. The the character Han Solo character is a funny guy. Are you are you yeah. funny? I, I mean, because you haven't made me laugh one time. No, you that's it. true. I know. Um, I don't think I'm tremendously funny. I can. I don't know. I have my moments. I'm not sure. <laughs> so you know, look, being a working actor is one thing. Being a, an actor who's in a movie that's a, going to be number one this weekend is another. Is is this life that you live beyond acting it's like the star stuff the showing up and the, the lights and the step in repeats is mm-hmm. that a, is this a, a life that you don't mind you, you are you into it at all I, honestly i see it as a part of what you do to get to do what you want right. you know like it's kind of uh you know you 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 want people to see your movie you want to get this stuff out there and that entails a certain amount of showing up that stuff in and of itself is pretty wholly uninteresting to me like right now yeah this right is a- now is nice because it's nice to meet people and nice to talk to people and it's not you know yeah okay just yeah. making sure I mean, yeah you can leave if you want i'd rather, right. you, I'd rather you stay <laughs> I'd rather continue. you don't seem like the type of guy that's going to be in the tabloids for doing crazy ridiculous things like, I, I hope not yeah. yeah i don't think so i the, don't think so i mean i you know again, the day is young the day is young that's true um i think you know the thing is with this kind of it's like with this, like working with Ron, working with the cast, you know, Donald Glover and Amelia Clark and Woody Harrelson and Paul Bettany and Tandy New. Like the, the great joy that I've had over the last like 10 years of working is is getting to work with these people that are so interesting, getting to learn from them, getting to sort of be side by side on these different adventures. So right. that's the fun and, and everything else is what you do in order to yeah. be able to sustain that. Well, uh, Job of the Hut. What about Job of the Hut? Oh, I can't. I can't. <laughs> definitely Wait, can't answer how that. How about when Ron Howard came in and took yes. over? He did reshoot some things. Uh huh. So can yeah. you give us a little inside of something that he reshot? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> well, what? But I can say, I can say, you know, Ron came in and You're it's very much. Yeah, I know. Ron came in and he's got, you know, he's just such an enthusiastic filmmaker. He's made so many great movies. He loves Star Wars. He has a real kind of innate feel for the Star Wars universe and and he was a pleasure to work with. Well, I I would think that you as an actor learn so much from a Ron Howard. I mean, oh yeah. Everything he does is just he, he makes it seem effortless. Totally. But it's just brilliance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just ask being on set and getting them ask him different questions, he was very generous yeah. about sharing stuff. I mean, Childish Gambino was in this film. <laughs> Where can we That's go right? Yeah. Uh he I heard that uh Donald, right? Glover, mm-hmm. he's an incredible actor. They're saying that mm-hmm. they may bring him back for another. Yeah, I just, I didn't know. I didn't Lots know he was such a great actor. Maybe. Yeah. All right. I was handed this question. Oh, by the way, we have uh, questions from a true Star Wars fan coming up. There, he's at the end of the, the desk. Oh, great! Hi. His microphone's <laughs> off. Uh, his name is Greg T. I am a bit nervous to meet. You, Han. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, well, don't be nervous. All right. Uh, you're two co-stars on Millennium Falcon, a Wookiee and a droid named L3. Yes. Uh, is it challenging working with a droid? I mean, something other than a real live flesh and blood actor? 
Well, actually, the way they shot L3 is that Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who plays it really wonderfully, is wearing a green full bodysuit. Okay. And then they put the droid parts on top of the bodysuit and, and wipe her out. Right. In the oh. in post, and so she's actually there because we're playing oh, off okay. her and we're doing okay. scenes with her. She's actually really there, and she was wonderful. Also, I'm hearing that uh, a lot of a lot of the sets, everything were, were they were really really there. You yeah. weren't dealing with green screens all the time. Yeah, very little, very little. Most of the almost all the creatures and stuff are guys in suits or people operating puppets or things like that. When we fly the Millennium Falcon or any of the other ships, you're looking out the windshield. And you, they have a screen that wraps around the ship, and they project the space that you're flying through oh. on it. So they have the asteroids or whatever it is that you're flying through. Um, you're looking at that the whole time. Are, That's you mo- be- are you moving at all? Yeah, it's shaking and moving. I mean, it's like the kind of ultimate Disneyland sort of ride. And you do that for months. <laughs> wow. I must yeah. guess. I mean, with all the things you've done, you've done, you've done films for all different types of companies and directors, and you're working on your own stuff as well. Mm-hmm. But to work on... A Star Wars film must be just a different level. Absolutely. I mean, this it's real deal. Oh yeah. Stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they can afford all the toys. They everything. Can, yeah. How about better catered lunch? I'm sure. Yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah, the lunch is. I mean, the lunch is designed for you to for whatever the stunts you're doing that day. Oh. Oh. It's okay. very. They don't nice. want to make you gassy or anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I, I would. You know, you jumping around on a plane. You don't want. That's no, right. you don't want to throw up. No, you don't. That's right. It's a small product. spaces. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So Alden uh, Aaron Aaron Reich is here. Uh, of course, Han Solo is out. And he hasn't confirmed whether or not Greedo is in this film. Uh, <laughs> but we will find out. We'll By the way, the out. Millennium Falcon's really clean in this movie. It is, yeah. It's Lando's in this movie. It's now time for questions. Oh, there's the nice. There's the cantina music. This, questions from wrong. a true Star Wars fan. What's that? This music, the name of this genre. Do you know the genre? The, the name of this genre? No. Jizz music. Jizz uh, music? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. I saw that video just last night. <laughs> I'm just I'm just nervous to be in the same room with you, Han Solo. It's, um... Okay, he's an actor, by the way. Yeah, I don't I know, know how this is going to go. This may this may be the worst idea ever. In the I have to write my questions okay, down. I don't want to be nervous. What's question number one? Questions from oh a Star God. Wars fan. So Han, um, so when you know you saved Chewbacca from you know Imperial slavery, I so I always want to know like what was that like? Right. Um, it's very muddy. Yeah. <laughs> All so, right. Thank you. Great tea. So like, <laughs> I want to know, like, for instance, like, okay, like, like your black vest. Like, I have a white shirt. Like, where do I get one of your black vests? Okay. Thank you, Greg. Oh Why can't? What do you really? Mean? The costume really? shop. That's it. Bye. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. See, sometimes <clears throat> we don't prepare. Okay. It's a live radio show. Sure. Okay, we're done. We're on camera saying no. Thank you. <laughs> When's the last time you actually went to a Star Wars film? Seriously. Them all. Okay. What's your favorite one? The one that you're in. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Ah, nice. That was, that was good. Oh, that, that was, was good. Nice. So anyway, I do have a clip of you uh, hanging out with our friends oh. at, at ET Entertainment Tonight, not the other film ET. <laughs> and this is where I mean, I think this is where Harrison Ford actually just kind of surprises you. Oh, okay, great. I haven't seen. That. He said, "If anyone asks, tell them I told you everything you need to know, and that you're not allowed to say a word." He might want to say one or two more things. You're <laughs> oh my god! Get out of my chair! Get out of my life! 
I just thought it was spectacular. And I thought he was so smart <laughs> about what he did and how he did it. I just couldn't be happier. Wow. Yes. Come on, let that sink in for a second. What does that feel like to hear that? It's pretty unbelievable. It was pretty wild. Yeah. That was one of the great, that's one of the best moments of this whole experience. I mean, because, you know, it's obviously, it's, you know, it means the world to all of us. Wow. Well, listen, congratulations Thank ahead you. of time on yeah. a very nice weekend at the box office. Thank but you. But that's not why you're in it. You're no. in it just, you, you, you don't even care if it's like an indie film that only three people watch. Well, my time spent is over, you know, like my experience of it is really like over. And, uh, you know, if you attach yourself to one doing great, then you might love one that doesn't do great. And then, you know, whatever. Well, once you're cast in something this monumental, do, does the phone start ringing a little more? Are there more people saying, hey, let's talk about the possibility of. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely a little bit. What yeah. does it take to become a good actor? What is this? Is there a secret? Is there something you tell yourself? In your mind before the camera starts rolling, I think honestly the the hardest thing about being an actor is that you don't you don't you have to wait for someone to give you a job, and you don't get good at something unless you do it a lot. And so I think the 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 only key that I know is just to act as much as you can. And you know it's you know when I was coming up, I didn't want to. There were a lot of things I didn't want to do because uh, I wanted to do only kind of movies that I really wanted to do. Um, and uh, and so I didn't work. I, I would have people over my house. We'd read a play. You know, just finding those ways to constantly be doing the thing that you actually like to do is the only, is is the kind of your, I think, hardest responsibility. Let me make an assumption. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. Uh-huh. Uh, the, when you were coming up in this business and you, in your mind, had the ideal kind of movie you wanted to do, is this one that one? I don't. I don't. Something tells me that it isn't. <laughs> it's it. It's not what I would have imagined. But like you know, the real things that I always wanted. You know, I my first movie I did with Francis Ford Coppola, and it was like one of the great experiences of my life. And so like getting to, and I had a great part. And it is in the sense that every time I get to work with people like Ron or the cast or have a part that's this great, I don't really care what genre it is or what world it takes place in, as long as it's something that has like a real story behind it and that I would want to go see, which this definitely is that. Well, it sounds like Alden, that yeah. you're, you're so locked into the, the family that is formed in a production like this. Yeah. Is there a bit of sadness when it wraps? Yeah. And even though you're out doing promo tour and you see them every once in a while, it's done. I mean, right. is there some separation anxiety or, I mean, do you miss these people? Yeah. Well, actually for this, for me doing publicity is the time they got to hang out in London a lot more than I did. Cause I was like, had to, I was basically in every day of the shoot. So this press tour has been a great uh, opportunity. We went to Cannes together. We were in London and getting to, we all flew on a plane together and it's just, just hanging out with all these people. We're not worried about learning what you have to do for the next day right. is, is really fun. That's where it's, that's, that's been really fun. So when we watch Han with yeah. Solo, yeah. we're going to see an energy on the screen that was actually a fun energy. Because oh, you, yeah. guys, you guys really had fun doing Oh, absolutely. Thing. Absolutely. And it's hard not to, especially because these things are so real. It's like in any scene where there's explosions going on, those explosions were really going on, you know. And wow. just like every Star Wars movie has its own like kind of little crew, and our crew was just great. And, well, you know, I, I, I saw the trailer during, uh, during the Marvel movie, and mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but I came in the next day and I said, I, I want to see this 
this movie yeah, because yeah. it just looks like it's so much fun. It is really fun. Yeah. I think that's what's special about it. That's why I'm excited for lots of kids to see it yeah. and everything like that. It is just like really fun. Well, Alden, thank you for coming in. Thank you. Thank I, you for I having could, me. I could just pick your brain for hours over <laughs> what it is, not only about the film, but you and your, your career. I just yeah. think it's so interesting. Uh, now we have to go back to a boring show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm going to miss you. Like the energy you had on the set we have now with you here. Right. It's about to just be sucked right out. <laughs> anyway, Alden, uh, Aaron Reich, of course, it's Han Solo, as Han Solo in Solo, a Star Wars story. Alden, thank you thank very much. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great to thank be you. here. Thanks very much. Live tweeting every morning. Follow us on Twitter at Elvis Duran Show. Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. In today's connected world, it takes just one weak link and your personal information can get into the wrong hands. Good thing new LifeLock with Norton now has protection for your identity and devices. Join at LifeLock.com and use promo code Elvis for an extra 10% off your first year. This is Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. So last week we touched on something and I feel like we need to go back to it. Okay. It has to do with Skiri's issue with Dave Brody saying Dave Brody, an only child, and because of that, he's an a-hole. Right. Well, I didn't quite say he's an a-hole. No, I did not. Not in so many words. There's basically certain qualities that are negative that come along with being an only child. Okay. So, in other words, Scary's like <laughs> blaming all of Dave Brody's issues on the fact he was an only child. So, right. we brought this up. We had a lot of people uh, texting in and calling yeah. in. It really hit a nerve, especially with only children that Scary offended. <laughs> but then the people that live with those only children currently came to my rescue and said, everything that you said, Scary, was right. Only children are selfish. They never had anyone to share with, so they didn't understand it when, you know, you had to share. Everything was me, me, me. And when you got into problems and debates, at least people with siblings can duke it out, and sometimes you come out a loser. But Brody's always a winner. Isn't that great? He had no one to argue. Okay. With. That's a problem. With, okay, look, with, I, I'm the youngest of three of uh, three boys. Right. But my two older brothers are much older than me, and they were out of the house. So I really I'm a product of being a lonely only child as right. well. And so, you never feel like you always have to be. Oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me talk to Tara here. Hello, Tara. You're an only child. Hi. Yeah. Yes, I am. We're having this discussion. Scary thinks that if you're an only child, you're selfish. You don't know how to interact with other people. Is this true? Um, Okay. I don't think it's entirely true, but I think you are sort of less equipped sometimes um, to interact with other people because you're not doing it all the time. Um, And so there are times where I'm very used to, like, looking out for myself and my own needs. Um, And so there are times where I have to be like, okay. Like stop. <laughs> okay, so you um, you're saying that you you as an only child you grew up having to be very self focused. Yeah. Like it was all about you 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 because there was no one else. Right. Right. But so you actually have to snap yourself out of it sometimes, and you actually blame it on being an only child. Well, like I'm not like oh, there's nothing like it's just like other people's fault. Like I know there is like something about like how I'm carrying myself, but I need to be like okay, well, like let's like take a step back. Okay. All but right. if you think about it, if you are an only child, your parent tends to dote on you, right? Because yeah. you're the only child, you're the prince or the princess, and you get everything <laughs> your heart desires. Yeah. If there's two or three of you, you yeah. got to share everything and you got to learn to, you know, be a, a person that can share with others and play well with others. Right. You know? I just think right. that only children are a, a, a little more spoiled than children that had to share with their siblings. And when it comes to debate, <laughs> only children. 
get to fight with themselves and they win every time. Yeah. <laughs> when you're sibling, Tara, you gotta okay, duke it out, you gotta I make your point, that. and sometimes you come out butthurt. You're okay, wrong. Well, hold on, hold on. Okay. Tara, <laughs> Tara, do you do you ever feel like you always have to be right? Are you one of those know-it-alls that has to always be right? And, and can you tie that back to being an only child? Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> there, there, there are times where I'm kind of like, well, I know what's going on. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like used to sort of like laying things out for myself because I don't have other people to, to really argue about it with. There you go. And I think that also kind of comes from how my parents are as people. They're lovely people. I just think we're all a little bit stubborn. Yeah. See, I'm the same way because I, I wasn't an only child, but I my brothers were much older than me. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I was. The, I really was the only child. And so right. I, I, I can start to blame some of my shortcomings on that, I guess. <laughs> you can. Oh, sure. Anyway, well, I mean, thank we you. We always find stuff to blame things on. <laughs> well, Tara, thank you. You go off and you, you be yeah. the best only child you could be. We, and thanks for listening I to sure us. I sure will try. All right, take care. <laughs> There's Fun. sacrifice and compromise when you have siblings. There are some times that you win, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't get that toy. Sometimes you don't get to go here, and the other sibling gets to go sometimes to that Sometimes you get hand-me-downs, right, Scary? Yes, sometimes you do, but <laughs> yep. when you're an only child, you win every time. And it's what always great, bright and shiny. What great tea? If I may, I don't know if I fully agree with Scary, but I will say, so when my mom got remarried to Stan, you know, is Stan on the crapper? So Stan, <laughs> brought, yes. Stan, Stan was already married, and he had a daughter. And she was the only child. So when she moved into my house, it was already me and my one sister already, who's the youngest. And she always understood my joking around and kidding and stuff like that. I remember one time making a joke with my sister, Michelle, and she took it. She was very offended. And it went back to the fact that she was an only child. She didn't have a brother to pick on her through the early stages. So there was an adjustment period where we all had a kind of like do things together to figure I out get a that. way. I get that. Mold the family yeah. Okay, I got of you. So uh, yeah. On Facebook, they're saying, uh, Megan Butler says, I have, I've had friends who are only children, and you can tell. Not saying all only children are brats, <laughs> oh, but when I have yeah. children, I'm going to have more than one. Uh, Amber <laughs> says, I'm the only child of an only child. I can be a straight-up bitch, but usually I'm pretty nice. Uh, on Twitter, Tanya says, I'm an only child. And I'm. Oh, it's okay for me to admit when I'm wrong. I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong, and it's no matter. Okay, let's talk about that tweet that Web Girl Kathleen posted about this. I know you got very. Can you bring her in? Yeah. I know you got very offended at yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Uh, he's offended because he got uh, attributed to him, but I'm offended because of the verbiage. So. Okay. So, so Web Girl Kathleen, we're talking about the only child tweet. Yeah. Now, now what what did you tweet out? I tweeted out. Um, well, Birdie, you can read it. It says, verbatim. "Are you an only child? Is your boyfriend or girlfriend an only child?" At Scary Jones is convinced that an only child. That all only children are a holes like at David Brody. <laughs> By the way, David oh, underscore. Pat, I love sorry. that tweet. What's you're, wrong with that tweet? You're putting words in my mouth. I never called only children a holes. <laughs> and you're basically when the calling, mics were on. And basically, you're calling David Brody an a hole. <laughs> I was calling David Brody an a hole. I'm sorry. No, Brody and I have a love hate relationship, and I'm. Right. An I inst- love Brody. She hates Brody. I'm an instigator, so I wanted to get some really good comments on social. So Brody, I'm sorry. For calling you an a hole, I, I gotta be honest. I think that tweet is totally appropriate. <laughs> right? I love, but, I love oh, that yeah. tweet. The topic was Brody thinks he's always right. 
Not Brody's an a-hole. Well, I'm an <laughs> honest woman. Well, then I got an idea. Let's change this topic to, is Brody an a-hole? Yeah, I like that. I like that's, a, that's a very yeah. short topic. I'm an a-hole. Well, first of all, let's take a vote. Let's call his wife. I, oh. Okay, okay uh, uh, yes, Greg T. 100% I agree. He's yeah. a-hole. Daniel. I second Greg T. Okay. Yes. See, with me, he's not usually. So I'm going to go ahead and say he has moments. But yeah. for the most part, right. no. Scary, is Brody an a-hole? He's an absolute a-hole. Yeah. Yes. What about you? Uh, uh, you know, I'd say 85% of the time a-hole. I will give him this. He's a lovable a-hole. Scotty B. B Vote. Is Dave Brody an a-hole? Oh, I love the guy, but uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Yaretza. Yaretza. Um, I don't know what it's talking about, but if it's about Brody, 110%. Yeah, okay. And I, too, uh, have to say, I I think sometimes you can be a little a-hole-ish. And I think sometimes you can be an only childish. (laughs) (laughs) Last week, I was talking to Brody, right? And there was like a little point in this in, in our conversation so I wanted to jump in and you know he told me right out of the door he goes just don't interrupt me and I was like what and then and all Sam was here and yeah. Sam's like she whispered to me she goes yeah, okay. and I'm like, exactly. Sometimes Brody has a tendency to discipline us the way he would his children. Yeah, he was like, "Shut up, scary." Yeah, he points at me and says, "Shut up." That's the most condescending thing someone could do. Is okay. Brody, no, the up. most condescending thing is when you put your hand in the face and go. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, okay. Like, well, let's talk about that. Scary does do that, but scary doesn't know how to talk. That's the thing. Scary comes from a background where. It, yelling was the answer. Because and, there was three of us right. and the, the five ta- kids. You're doing it now. <laughs> okay, well, okay. That's how he so expresses himself. Let's, let's have a vote. <laughs> and believe me, feel free to vote me the one. How yeah. many Who, a-holes in the room? No, who's the biggest a-hole on the show? Oh. Dave Brody. Uh, okay, Dave show? Brody. On the show. I liked it better when I stood in the corner and didn't talk. <laughs> I was going to say, it used to be Greg T, but he's on what? meds and he's much nicer oh my now. God, yeah, Greg T on meds is You're fabulous. Much nicer, I just started right? my meds about three weeks we ago. Oh, wow. Whatever, you, difference. Whatever you're doing, you keep on doing it. Do you guys really feel that I'm like oh, a big yeah. oh, yes. No, I think oh, you're yeah. awesome. We were what? talking about it before. We said T is so much more mellow. We love it. Wait, what? Yeah. yeah the so you guys really off. thought that like, I was an a-hole? Come no, on no, I just think you're an a-hole. Not you, Elvis. You love me. No, no, I, I love. No, no, no. I just think ever since you have embraced uh, your your uh, your mental meds. your your mental state and yes. you've gone on meds, yes. I think it's done a world of good for you, and yeah. I hope that you see the good that we see because you're you're terrific. Really? Yeah, Absolutely. you are. Yeah. You really are. You're a different person. You really are. I, you stop it. I was talking behind your back earlier. I'm just going to be honest about it. I was telling them. Uh-huh. I could cry. We now. all said yes. yeah. Normally, no, talking you. behind your back, it's negative. But so, it's you know, time. it's something we don't look. You know, we don't. Talk Talk enough about mental mental illness. We don't talk about this enough, and it, it's it's something we should be talking about more and more and more. Wow. And you know what? I th- I think that everyone deserves a shot at being happy, but sometimes you may have to take medication to get there. And uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm going to go out on a limb and just assume this. You seem much happier these days, and yeah. you, and you deserve to be happy. So I'm I'm glad. I'm glad wow. for you. Yeah. This isn't for us. This is for you. I can't believe this. I'm so. Then I want to say. That I'm so sorry for 23 and a half years of being an a-hole. No, I didn't no, say no, you're no, an that's a-hole. Not, that's not what we meant. But Tia, do you feel happier? I guess. I don't know. I'm just kind of like, you know, mellow. mellow. I'm, I'm mellow. mellow. Yeah, I guess, well, you know. No, I think you're great. You're doing good. Whatever, yeah, new, whatever support you need from us, you know we're always here for you. The new a-hole apparently in the hallways is Nate, but, you know, that's a different oh, story. <laughs> yeah, you do get, you get the. I know I'm an a-hole. I have to be sometimes. Like, you have to be Elvis. 
No, I don't have to Wait be. Wait Elvis Nate? is never an a-hole. By the way. <laughs> never. That's not what you said 20 minutes ago. I'm typically always an a-hole. Wasn't Nate hired to be an a-hole? Wasn't that the position? No. He was, was that a prereq? No. He was hired to be the executive producer of the show and to organize things and keep people moving and motivated. And, but requ- that, that, that and strategize. That's job re- 20 minutes late. <laughs> that job requires being an a-hole sometimes. Sometimes. sometimes yeah. My job always requires being an a-hole. <laughs> you know what? When I was growing up in this business, I always thought the morning guy at the radio station is always an a-hole. And now I know why. I get it. Okay, now am I ever an a-hole? Yes. Yeah. I am, but when? But tell me when. You can be something. But uh, to you, I'm never an a-hole. You jackass. Okay, sometimes... <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, who's the biggest jackass no. on the show? No, sometimes when? Okay, sometimes when you're busy doing something for yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you forget that you have something else to do. <laughs> but you can if be an my a-hole kid sometimes. called, well, that I like excuse. an emergency. You just tell me your kid's calling and okay. go and talk. Oh, okay. Also, when you sometimes make a mistake and someone tries to correct you, you get mad at them for it. Yeah. That's because you, you try to correct me every time oh, about everything. Because oh, I'm yeah. an only child. I'm yeah. always right. Uh, yeah. Danielle it always get, goes back to that. Danielle gets so <laughs> defensive when you say something wrong, and then we correct you. Oh, whatever. You knew what I meant. <laughs> I Somebody's not dead. Hey. He said he's dead. Because Big deal. most of the time, I, you make fun of my accent. I love you, Danielle. I love you, too. All right, let's take a break. Katie Couric, <laughs> our buddy Katie Couric, love, love, love her. I've always been a fan, and now she has this show that is just so terrific. It's really perfect for the times we live in. Uh, we're going to talk to her about that coming up uh, in about an hour. Yeah. Elvis's personal Instagram account. Follow him now, at Elvis Duran. Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. Hey, it's Elvis Duran. You've heard how Wells Fargo is holding themselves accountable for recent issues. They're working hard to rebuild trust, reestablish core values, and stay vigilant. So check out where they're headed at wellsfargo.com slash renew. You just might be surprised. Wells Fargo Bank, N.A. Tate's Bake Shop Cookies. Let's talk about them. You know what? I actually had some left over from our Memorial Day extravaganza. How is that even possible? It is. I bought a lot. Oh, I buy a load of Tate's because I know they're going to go fast. Yeah. And I like to share them. I mean, a lot of people were leaving and I said, here, take some Tate's. Oh, that was nice. No big deal. Our friend Kathleen King, she's the original found founder of Tate's Bake Shop. And they're still in their original bake shop out there in beautiful Southampton, New York. And we want you to give the gift of cookies. Send a bag to your friends. Send a bag to you. They also have other desserts and packages and great gift baskets as well. Go to tatesbakeshop.com. Enter the promo code Elvis. You get 20% off your next order. It's just a genius idea. You'll be loved forever. Tatesbakeshop.com. Use the promo code Elvis at checkout for 20% off your next order. We love Tate's Bake Shop. Uniquely crispy, delicious, deeply delicious. Elvis, Elvis Duran, the Elvis Duran phone tap. Here we go, a phone tap. An old friend coming to visit us again. Hmm. Scary? Yes. Go ahead. Frances wants to phone tap her dad, Sydney. Sydney is retired and sits home all day. And when telemarketers call him, he doesn't hang up right away. Instead, he engages them in conversation and he messes with them. Oh, no. So she thought this could make a great scenario for a phone tap using my Michael Oppenheimer character. Look, you know, I'm surprised people don't recognize this Michael Oppenheimer guy, but sometimes they don't like this guy. Here we go. Scary's phone tap. Hello? Uh, Yes, good morning. This is Mr. Michael Oppenheimer with Cockburn's Port Wine. How are you doing today, sir? Port Wine? I'm, I'm yes. doing fine. How How are you? Who are you? My name is Mr. Michael Oppenheimer. Um, Michael Oppenheimer. Uh, do I know you? Well, you're getting to know me as we speak right now. Yeah, you're okay. on a list of people to be called today. About, really? Yes. How did um, you get that list? How did my name get on that list? We understand that you enjoy wine. The Cockburn's family have vineyards for years. We are purveyors of purveyors. fine port. You should change the name of your wine. 
a lousy name. Sir, I'm here to just sell it. I'm not, I don't make those decisions. Well, I mean, so, you know, Smuckers did a great job with jelly, but yes. Cockburn, wine, that, whoop. Uh, you could look us up. I will look you up. Never heard of you. Cockburn's fine tawny port pairs beautifully with nuts. So holy shit, you really are real. That's weird. I never heard of you. <laughs> so anyway, we could have three bottles of your choice sent over to you. Three for- bottles. Woo-hoo. No, no, three bottles. That's three the- bottles. Oh, I thought you said free. I'll take the free wine for just sixty nine ninety nine. So uh, sounds like I, you're I'm a not, fan. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not interested, fella. I, I'm not gonna. Well, maybe pay there's somebody for, in for your family. That, I mean, even though you're online, no, I'm not interested. We're okay? an online Look, wine. I don't want to whine at you, but but please. Get off my line. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Don't you have any special occasions coming okay, up? Okay, I'm not, I'm, not inter- I'm not interested. A family barbecue. Leave me alone, okay? Is it someone's birthday? I'm going to hang up on you. Nothing is like giving the gift of cockburns. Leave me alone! Don't you understand plain English? Hello? Oh, yes, good morning. This is Mr. Michael Oppenheimer with Cockburns Port Wine. My, Michael. And I'm- Michael, we've already spoken. Okay. I'm not interested in your You wine. didn't let me finish, Please sir. Stop. No, no, no. I don't, I'm not interested. I looked you up online. The secret. You know, you're a real thing, even though the name sucks. Leave me alone, okay? Stop calling me. The secret to Cockburn's great taste is in the seasoned wood from the barrels it's stored Seasoned wood in the barrel. You know what? Get your self in the barrel and drown yourself in your Cockburn wine, you head. I don't want to talk to you. Hello? Good morning. This is Mr. Michael Oppenheimer with Cockburn's oh, Port Wine. I'm just about to do something. Don't go away, please. Okay, just no, no, no. It just, makes just, the perfect party pairing. Just, just a minute. Your guests will swallow every drop. Uh, you, you, it's a pretty you, stiff drink. They're just flushing the door. I had to pee. Imagine the look on their faces when they open the door and you're standing there with a cockburns in your hand. I can't imagine anything except punching you in the nose. From its sleek, beautiful bottle, sleek, the second... Bullshit. The second... Bullshit. Bullshit. White or red or mixed together and piss pink. I won't drink it. I don't care about the barrels. I don't care about the bottles or the labels. Your guests will want some more when you're... My host- guests, I don't have guests. Nobody comes to my home. Nobody calls me except you. Everyone around the table will be putting cockburns in their the mouth. Take shove it up your ass, you head. You don't even have the decency to have your number come across on my caller ID. So For I $69.99, it's a steal of a deal. This $69.99. Is, this is, do that with your girlfriend while you're both drunk on your cockburn line. We do accept PayPal, sir. You do accept PayPal. That's wonderful. Take your Just PayPal li- out on a date and get her drunk. Did you know that our wine has won awards? I don't give a sh- Raise your glass with me. Pretend like you're holding a cockburns. And take a sip with me. What did you do wrong in life? From the tone of your voice, you must be on mega doses of Prozac. Can't you just taste these ripe grapes? You're calling me from a mental institution. You're in a straitjacket with a microphone around your head. And this is all you can do with your life. You're an idiot. If you don't like it, you could return uh, it. You know, call the nurse and ask her for some more Prozac. We'll okay? get your money Maybe back. Maybe will put you to sleep and you'll just be having this wonderful dream about calling people who don't exist. Do that, please. You'll save the world. Sir, it sounds like you've already got a head start in drinking. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's a great idea. Why don't you come over in your limousine and pick me up and drive me to drink? <laughs> I don't want to hear from you anymore, you pathetic piece of <laughs> Well, you don't have to hear much more of me because you've been phone tapped. Huh? My name is Scary Jones from Elvis Duran in the Morning Show, and your daughter Frances put us up to this. Wait, what are you talking about? We're a radio show. Radio show? Yeah. You're driving me nuts with this? Stuff? Yeah, Francis. Oh, why? Because Francis knows that you like to mess with telemarketers when they call. Oh, sh-
So think back to your last good hair day. Mine, uh, three weeks ago, last Tuesday. But I remember it like it was yesterday. Now, imagine the euphoria of a gorgeous hair day. Imagine no longer because Ulta Beauty's gorgeous hair event is here. Head in for three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off your most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Dry Bar. Don't keep your gorgeous hair waiting. Hurry into Ulta Beauty because the gorgeous hair event ends June 2nd. Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. Hey, iHeartRadio is doing the coolest thing. I, I I can't stop playing with it. It's called graduationplaylist.com. Yeah. And you can also just, if you're on your iHeartRadio app, you can just do a search for graduation and the playlists are there. You punch in the year you graduated and it'll give you all the songs from that year. I love this. Have is you done so this? Cool? No, I want to do it, but it's such a cool idea. The person who sat there and input all the songs from each year. So I was taken back. To my graduation year, graduating high school, 1982. <laughs> my God. That's a long time ago. What song? This was one of our graduation songs. Want to hear another graduation hit? Yeah. Eight six seven five three zero nine. Remember that? I love this song. So, in 1982, that's so long ago, Tainted Love was a hit. Sometimes I feel I've got to run away. All right, so let's look at Yuritza. Yuritza, what year did you graduate high school? 2012. <laughs> really? Remember the year that we were all supposed to die? Yeah. Just leave the room. Uh, here, here are the songs from your graduation playlist. Yes. From iHeartRadio. Hold on. Graduation year, 2012. <laughs> also, this was a big hit the year you graduated. Here's another one. So, you remember these from your graduation of course. year? Of course. Really is a lot of fun to play uh, play the songs you graduated. To. I mean, it's just, it's remarkable. So it's uh, graduationplaylist.com, or just, it's on your iHeartRadio website. Yeah, yes, it's yeah. amazing. Well, it is graduation season, and as you know, every year we play sunscreen. Boz Lerman, he produced this years and years and years ago, and every time we play it, people hear it for the first time. Sometimes they've never heard it before. They're like, wow, what'd you hear? They got that new song. Yeah. Well, that came out about 1998. Exactly. Remember, we actually talked to Boz Lerman about this song. What was it he said about it? I remember he said he wanted to update it, remember? Yeah. Because it's been out now for, what, 20 years? Yeah. yeah. So there's so many things that really don't, I don't want to necessarily say apply anymore, but are kind of outdated. Right. In this song. They, talk, they talk about like beepers, pagers, and stuff like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. well, and, what's scary? And when the song first came out, I interpreted it one way, and I blew it off. But then years later hearing it, 
I there was other meanings to the song. So some people are going to experience it now that heard it back then, and they're going to discover some new meanings to it. All right, Boz Lerman, sunscreen. Ladies and gentlemen, wear sunscreen. If I could offer you only one tip for the future, sunscreen would be it. The long-term benefits of sunscreen have been proved by scientists, whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own meandering experience. I will dispense this advice now. Enjoy the power and beauty of your youth. Oh, never mind. You will not understand the power and beauty of your youth until they fade it. But trust me, in 20 years, you look back at photos of yourself and recall in a way you can't grasp now how much possibility lay before you and how fabulous you really looked. You are not as fat as you imagine. Don't worry about the future. Or worry, but know that worrying is as effective as trying to solve an algebra equation by chewing bubblegum. The real troubles in your life are apt to be things that never crossed your worried mind. The kind that blindsides you at 4 p.m. on some idle Tuesday. Do one thing every day that scares you. Sing. Don't be reckless with other people's hearts. Don't put up with people who are reckless with yours. Floss. Don't waste your time on jealousy. Sometimes you're ahead, sometimes you're behind. The race is long, and in the end, Tony with yourself. Remember compliments you receive. Forget the insults. If you succeed in doing this, tell me how. Keep your old love letters. Throw away your old bank statements. Stretch. Don't feel guilty if you don't know what you want to do with your life. The most interesting people I know didn't know at 22 what they wanted to do with their lives. Some of the most interesting 40-year-olds I know still don't. Get plenty of calcium. Be kind to your knees. You'll miss them when they're gone. Maybe you'll marry. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll have children. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll divorce at 40. Maybe you'll dance the funky chicken on your 75th wedding anniversary. Whatever you do, don't congratulate yourself too much or berate yourself either. Your choices are half chance. So are everybody else's. Enjoy your body. Use it every way you can. Don't be afraid of it or what other people think of it. It's the greatest instrument you'll ever own. Dance. Even if you have nowhere to do it but in your own living room. Read the directions, even if you don't follow them. Do not read beauty magazines. They will only make you feel ugly. Get to know your parents. You never know when they'll be gone for good. Be nice to your siblings. They're your best link to your past and the people most likely to stick with you in the future. Understand that friends come and go, but with a precious few, you should hold on. Work hard to bridge the gaps in geography and lifestyle, because the older you get, the more you need the people you knew when you were young. Live in New York City once, but leave before it makes you hard. 
live in Northern California once, but leave before it makes you soft. Travel. Accept certain inalienable truths. Prices will rise. Politicians will philander. You too will get old. And when you do, you'll fantasize that when you were young, prices were reasonable, politicians were noble, and children respected their elders. Respect your elders. Don't expect anyone else to support you. Maybe you have a trust fund. Maybe you'll have a wealthy spouse. But you never know when either one might run out. Don't mess too much with your hair, or by the time you're 40, it will look 85. Be careful whose advice you buy, but be patient with those who supply it. Advice is a form of nostalgia. Dispensing it is a way of fishing the past from the disposal, wiping it off, painting over the ugly parts, and recycling it for more than it's worth. But trust me, on the sunscreen. Everybody's free to wear sunscreen. Uh, do a search on that. It's Boz Lerman. Excellent. Okay, put it away. We'll play it again in 365 days. <laughs> <laughs> Have you spit in the cup yet? Not yet, but I can't wait to. 23andMe, uh, we talk about them all the time. I loved getting that envelope, opening it up, and learning about me. Mm-hmm. Like, where am I from? What makes me up to be who I am? Well, so Garrett recently spit in the cup. Yes. That was a lot of saliva. You don't realize that you have to produce so much saliva and send it away. But it's it's worth it. Yes. Because in this envelope, I have your 23andMe results. I figured this would be the best way to find out. Wait, you don't know? You haven't seen them? I have no idea. All I know is from what my parents have told me okay. growing up. Okay, what have they told you? They told me the the... The best that they know of is that I'm 70% Irish and 30% German. Vogel is my last name. That's where the German comes from. Right. Okay. So that's all I really know about me. Huh? Do you want to know more about you? Yes, I'm very excited. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so excited. Like Maury Povich, minus the children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you okay. are not the father. <laughs> uh, we're going we're gonna to go to page three in a second. But look at this. Uh, your report oh. highlights... Uh, celiac disease, which I have, slightly increased risk for that. Ooh, yes, <laughs> uh, confirmed. Ooh, interesting. Eighty-five point eight percent British and Irish. There we go. What else do we know? Okay. Blah, Wait. Blah, blah. So I'm eighty-five percent British and Irish. You British better and change Irish. your accent. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Let me go to the, the juicy stuff. May I help you? Yeah, yeah, I'm right here. All right. Here's the juicy stuff about. Okay. Uh huh. 100% European. All right. 85.8% British Irish. 4.5% French and German. So I'm only 4% German then. 9% broadly Northwestern European. Uh, there's nothing in here. <laughs> earwax. <laughs> What? Yes, you you get earwax. Well, apparent, apparently, my wife was saying something about being a Neanderthal on there as well. You're uh, more. <laughs> yes, you have Neanderthal oh. ancestry. Wow, there you go. Wow, more oh, than ninety two percent of customers. Wait, don't we all have Neanderthal? Or, or? Not everybody. Really? Does that explain my forehead, though? <laughs> I don't what? know. No. I thought we all had that. Didn't we all come from Neanderthal? Oh, some of us more than others. <laughs> <laughs> I think some of us t- took a turn back. <laughs> this is interesting, though, the tr- these traits reports. Now, can I ask a question?
question? What? How from spitting in a cup can they know you have cel- like celiac or you're at a higher risk for that? I don't know. That's inter- like it's not blood work. But like, listen, to, listen to about the about Garrett's genetics. I don't know how that works. Uh, asparagus odor detection. Likely, you can smell asparagus. I, I get that. Okay, okay wait. Are they talking about the after? I, I don't know. All right. Okay, back hair. Likely a little upper back hair. Let I don't know. Okay. Turn around. Do you have a little, likely, do you have back hair uh, on no. the top? All right. Bit, not really. Bald spot. Likely no bald spot. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little in the back. but uh, <laughs> Cheek dimples. Likely no dimples. I've uh, got dimples. Earlobe type. Likely detached earlobes. Huh? Yeah, they're detached. Uh, early hair loss. Likely no early hair loss. Okay. Earwax type. Likely a wet earwax. That is true. <laughs> Eye color. Lightly brown or hazel. Mm-hmm. Ring, right. oh, finger length ratio. Likely your ring finger is longer. Uh, close. Okay. Close. Uh, freckles. Likely a little bit of freckling. Yes. Okay. On my stomach. Hair texture. Light, straight, or, or yeah, white hair. Yeah. Light or dark hair. Likely dark. <laughs> Newborn hair. Likely little baby hair. That's just weird. What is this? The photic needs uh, sneeze reflex. If you look at light, you'll sneeze. Oh, that's, yes. Do you ever sneeze when you look into the sunlight? Not that I know of. Am I supposed to, according a to lot, this? A lot of people do. Likely big toe is longer? Yes. Likely no unibrow? <laughs> Not related to scary. Okay. This is crazy. But, uh, it was, uh, but the one thing I got out of that, though, is I thought I had at least 30% German in me, but I only have 8%. Would you like some more? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Elvis, when I uh, did my 23 in me, uh, my results came out to be that I am 3% um, North African, and I'm also, I believe I'm Middle Eastern as well. I have Middle Eastern. Okay. Too. I could is pull is some of your family from Sicily? Where, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah Sicily, well, that, yeah. that could be where that comes yep. from, maybe. Oh. What's British and Irish? So am I both? I don't know. Well, I think, Yeah. Yeah, that, that area is so close. Maybe yeah, they can't so- detect if you're British or Irish. Yeah. And scary is four percent Geico caveman. <laughs> <laughs> I just read that on your twenty-three and me. <laughs> I think that if I did it, I'd have a little Asian uh, DNA in me because my mom, the maiden name Cocolo, my mom swears that there is Asian uh, background in, in our family. And she's like, I think if we did it, it would come back that we would have a little in us. Well, look at uh, Daniel's 23 and me. It says there is a 2% chance you have a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I said this once before, Elvis, and, and, I'll, and I really think this, and I really believe this. If everybody got their 23 and me results done, I think the world would be a much happier place because we'd realize that we're all, we're not 100% anything. We're right. all built with parts of other cultures in us. That's a very good point. The so. big melting pot. I so. agree with that. Mm-hmm. Straight Nate, what's your background? Have I, you done 23andMe? Yeah, I did 23andMe. What'd you learn? And I learned I was mostly Ukrainian. And then what was surprising is I'm part Ashkenazi Jew, which I didn't know anything about. Right. So now I got 23andMe kits for my parents to figure out which of them has the background huh. because I, I we don't know it's, isn't it it's amazing they yeah. can take your spit take it to the lab and figure you out and as you start going even farther back you find out which side of the family is actually from where and then you can actually reveal some family secrets potentially you know our intern alex had an interesting 23 me story right yeah let me turn your mic on oh go ahead what yeah she uh is adopted but she was told she was colombian and because she doesn't know who her birth parents are, she said, well, let me take the 23andMe test and see how what comes back. Turns out she's 40% Native American, and she researched it and found out that Native Americans migrated to that area of Latin America, and that it's a common thing. She had no idea. That's so cool. For the yeah. whole life, she thought she was 100% Hispanic, and it turns out she's 60% Hispanic, 
roughly and f- roughly 40% Native American. Wow. You know, I'm and because of the 23andMe uh, program, I'm I'm getting notifications from people who might be my relative. Did oh. you are you getting these things too? Yes, I'm related to you, by the way. I oh, forgot okay. to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, so son. leave me in your will. Thank you. <laughs> that reminds me. Adopted Alex found out as part of this, she may have a sister living in Long Island, which is not far from where she currently lives. See, that's so cool. Those are like the wow moments that you can get from, from doing these things. Yeah. I think that's pretty amazing, too. But the question is, how much do you know about you? I don't know a lot about me. I don't know where my family is really from or... or I mean, I can't tell you where my great-great-grandparents lived on my dad's side. No one knows. Hmm. It's just a big mystery. And I think the more we can find out about ourselves, like Scary said, uh, you, know, you get some answers to maybe some questions. Why do I look the way I look? Why right. do I, you know, I, I don't know, you know? Well, what's really interesting to me, Elvis, because all of my family really came here in the, I don't know, late 1800s, early 1900s. And your family had been in the country for a long time. Didn't they, like, fight at the Alamo or something like that? Yeah, no, no. The, the, yeah, some some of them did somewhere. Yeah. Like, that's I mean, really interesting to me. But before there, they were in Kentucky. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Where were they in Kentucky? What are they doing in Kentucky? Are they horse racers? <laughs> I don't know. Is that why I love Making, horses so much? Oh, maybe they make bourbon there. Maybe that's That's it. why I drink so much bourbon. <laughs> a I few years back, my sister drew a family tree, like a really extended family tree, did all kinds of research on it, and then went to Italy, went to the countrysides of Sicily, and reconnected with distant cousins. See, that's cool. She hung yeah, out with cool. Valentina, my cousin, for like a week and a half. And then when she left, the whole family cried. Aww. They're like, why are you leaving us? My sister, you know, they became attached. Isn't that crazy, though? No, I love that. See, these are the stories I love. I mean, <laughs> how much do you know about you and your family? And it's, it's you know, we learn about our country's history, our world history. We never... Yeah. Learn about our history, right? Because we are a part of the history of the world. You know, I just there's just a big, a big global way of approaching this, and I, I, I love it. I want to know more. Yeah, but well, I don't, you know, I don't, do I have time? How do I draw my own family tree? I don't well, know. You have to do some research into this. Spit in this cup. <laughs> Take this cup in the other room. <laughs> By the way, I'm, I'm friends with Valentina on Facebook now, but she writes in all Italian. I don't know what she's saying. Hit the translate button. Yeah, there's a translate button. Oh, yeah? <laughs> don't you use that on Instagram? I use it on Instagram all the time. Translate. No. So don't you have some first cousins in your family, Scary, that married each other? Yeah, my great-grandmother and my great-grandfather are oh, first cousins. Oh, there you cousins. go. They, yeah. Did 23 and me have anything to say about that? <laughs> no. <laughs> 23, 23 and my cousin the official instagram of the morning show follow us now at elvis duran show this is elvis duran in the morning show hey it's elvis duran you've heard how wells fargo is holding themselves accountable for recent issues they're working hard to rebuild trust reestablish core values and stay vigilant So check out where they're headed at wellsfargo.com slash renew. You just might be surprised. Wells Fargo Bank N.A. This is Elvis Duran and the Morning Show. It's very loud, Scary. Hey, uh, Katie Kirk is about to come on the show. This is so exciting. It is exciting, and this is my problem with that. I'm going to bring this up to her. Yeah. I'm so excited to interview her. I'm afraid... It'll be a disappointing interview. Really? It's always, I, I always just, I get nervous about now, interviewing people that I really, really, really admire. Do you think you'll be disappointed with the interview or you'll be dis- she'll be disappointed in you? Which one do you think it is? People are usually disappointed with us. 
<laughs> anyway, Katie Couric has this new show. It's out on National Geographic, uh, but but it's everywhere on demand. Yeah. And she worked, she's worked her ass off. She'll tell you. She mm-hmm. worked her ass off for this show. And this show, it, it can get a little touchy. Yeah. There's some, some, some controversial content in there, but the stuff that we stay away from. Right. Because, I mean, look, there's a lot of stuff out there in uh, in society that we don't want to tackle because it's, you know, it hurts feelings. Mm-hmm. People are politically correct, whatever. Anyway, she worked her ass off for the show. We got to bring her in, talk about it. And also, we're going to go back in her past and play a very interesting piece of sound, <laughs> which is so great. Can you turn my microphone up a little bit, Scary? All right. Please welcome to the show, Katie Couric. There she is. Hi. How are you? This is Danielle. Nice to see you. you. Are you disappointed in the interview so far? (laughs) I couldn't hear what you guys were saying about me. Okay, I'll tell you what we were saying. You were in a soundproof booth. Okay, okay, Kate. I get nervous interviewing people that I really, truly admire. They say you should never meet your idols. Yeah. Well, I, I I don't think you'd call me your idol, Elvis, but I'm happy to be here, and I'm, I'm you can't be nervous, because I'm so normal and super easy to talk to, don't you think, Elvis? Yeah. And I'm listening to my voice and my headset, and I'm sounding very low and raspy. Yes, you are. <laughs> Hi. You're turning everyone on. Okay, I want to talk about how you worked your ass off for this show, and that's a quote, by the way. Katie Couric used the A word. Okay. I did. Uh, that's okay. But this, this show is so important. It's so important to know that there are a billion different things you could be watching. Right. We've Found some, we found something that you really need to watch. It'll open your mind. It'll teach you something. You actually learned a lot doing this show. Oh, my sure. God. This was like writing six theses on six different topics. Honestly, I had to take these huge issues and unravel them, unpack them, figure out how could I make them engaging and visual and who would I talk to and how do you position it? And they're all sort of controversial. And my goal was to really give people, I always say that, Today, everyone has an opinion without portfolio. You know, they have a point of view, but it's not based on really much of anything except for what their friends are saying or what maybe they heard or something they saw. And in some of these uh, issues, there are a lot of nuances and complexities and people need to sort of see the big picture in some cases, not in all cases. Some people have justifiable opinions on a lot of issues. Believe me, I know that. But on some of these bigger issues, like the ones I tackled, I feel like it's really important to have context and perspective so then you can have an informed opinion, well, which seems to be this. rarer and rarer these days. You, people need to do more of this because I tell you, in, in this day and age we live in, uh, no one wants to hear any opinion except for their own. Yeah. They want to be right all the time without knowing the facts. And, and a friend of mine said, you it's know, exhausting. In, in, the, in terms of how we get our news and information, everyone gets affirmation instead of information because they're listening to outlets that reflect back at them their own points of view. They're never challenged by different points of view. And I think the whole impetus to have a measured, reasonable conversation is antithetical to the news environment today. Well, in a moment, I'm going to go down the uh, the list of the topics on yeah. each show and you'll see what we're talking yeah. about. Did, now, the topics that you, we're going to go over, did you pick them out of? a bunch of topics or were these specifically something that like you were really interested in at first? Yes. No, yeah. I picked them because I just thought, you know, a lot of these subjects are getting short shrift. I felt like they deserved a, 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 a deeper examination. And I was personally fascinated by all of them and I was confused by some of them and I wanted to have a deeper understanding myself. So the kind of the approach I took, Danielle, is I was like, come take a journey with me. Let's learn about this together. So, then we can then we can continue to talk about it. Right. 
You know what? Let's take a step back. Uh, there was a documentary you did about gender, right. gender in America. And I, is that really what got you interested in this format of traveling across the country yeah, and meeting people? I did this. That's a difficult job. It, I did this documentary for National Geographic called Gender Revolution okay. because there was such a change in how gender identity was being understood. And for me, as somebody who is 61 and grew up in this sort of blue pink paradigm, this idea that people could be gender nonconforming and non-binary and fluid. My daughter, who's graduating from college next month, told me her first class, uh, she goes to Stanford, everyone introduced themselves and then gave their preferred pronouns. Now it's just pronouns because preferred suggests it's a choice. Right. And I said, wow, things have really changed since I was in college. And I had also interviewed Carmen Carrera on my talk show and had made a really stupid comment or asked a really dumb question. It was pre-taped. I said to my producers, keep it in because it's important to have a teachable moment. I asked her a question about her anatomy, which was really offensive to the trans community. And now, of course, I understand why. But you learned. I learned. And I also wanted people to learn that if someone like me, who's, I I think, a pretty open-minded, fair-minded, you know, fair person, makes that mistake, that people could understand why that's a mistake and how they shouldn't make it. But I ended up getting a lot of backlash from the trans community. But instead of kind of cowering, I decided to face my mistake head on and say, clearly, I have a lot to learn about this. So I'm going to do it. And hopefully in the process of my education, I can educate other people as well. So that's how Gender Revolution came about. And National Geographic was very pleased with that documentary. They said, why don't you do some more? And I remember Dr. Oz, who I don't often quote, said when I was on his show talking about my gender documentary, he said, you know, what I realized is it's hard to hate up close. You know, once you personalize a situation, once you get to know people and 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 kind of get in their shoes and in their skin, it's the hate sort of dissipates and you can be much more accepting and understanding of a lot of people's travails. So well, this is why people need to watch more programming like this. Learn rather than sitting there and yell, yelling at people. I mean, yeah. I'm telling you, we live in this world, and I see it every day here, Katie. Uh, I can say almost anything and watch my text messages roll through like that. And there's so many people who are so easily offended yeah. at things they think they heard or things they just don't understand. It's 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 mind boggling. And even when you try to like go a straight line, like you know, you don't go to the left or to the right. People always assume that, oh, you said this, so this means you're this. Well, you said this, so this means you're this. And they they don't know. They haven't really listened. Everyone is on the attack these days and lashing out. Yeah. No, they're not. <laughs> and, and, and gosh, it's, I think what was so wonderful for me about this series is I got to listen and I got to think and I got to sort of consider uh, what's going on in different points of view. Every it, Everything is so sort of hyper supercharged right now, right. I think, the, yeah. the climate. Listen to episode lists, okay. the list of episodes. Uh, the Muslim Next Door, what's it like being Muslim in America? Mm-hmm. 50% of Americans say they've never met a Muslim. Hate crimes and Islamophobia are up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wanted to, to, to really also understand how we had this narrative about Islam and Muslims uh, worldwide and in this country that is so unfair and unjustified, but it's a lot of how we've been conditioned in popular culture. And I thought that really was so important. It really deserved uh, further exploration. I went down to Raleigh, North Carolina. I talked to two families where their uh, children, you know, 
really wonderful college kids. One, two were in dental school. One was in college. Just murdered, shot at point blank range. Uh, the two sisters through their hijab, the young uh, dental student shot multiple times in the chest because the neighbor next door thought they were taking a parking space. And, you know, I think that these the news cycle is so crazy and so fast and furious. These things happen, and then we're on to the next thing. Yeah, we thing. move on. We mm-hmm. don't stop and learn, like, what was that? And these families have never really spoken about it. But that was a really, um, you know, really an important hour, for I think, for people to watch. Of course, you know, some people are not open-minded. But for those who are and are hungry for more information— I think this is those people that this series is for them. Okay, yeah. let's move on to the next one. I'm dying to see your brain on tech. Oh. Now, th- have go- you seen Black Mirror? Oh yeah. That that, that scares the you know what I mean because I feel like that's the direction we're going with well, so many it, things. I know it's scary, it really but you know, is. I just wanted to see how technology was robbing us of our humanity. The fact that we check our our smartphones 150 times a day. Well, hold on. To be know? fair, when I walked in to say hi, you were. You and your team were all on your phone. I know. I know oh, listen, I, I, know I admit it. Day. Actually, <laughs> Elvis, you? in the hour, I say I'm Katie and I'm addicted to my phone. And we kind of uh, replicated an AA meeting and we pulled back right. and we had a big circle. Everyone goes, hi, Katie. And so, oh, no, I have an issue. Believe me, no, I'm not being holier than thou about this at all. As fascinating as this interview is, I, yeah. I, my phone's right here. I keep, oh, God, I wonder if oh, someone's Well, that's to get one of the me. things. That's one of the things the scientists say. What? That even having the phone within your line of, of vision, yeah. that it actually is incredibly distracting. Oh, totally. And it, and, and it creates away. anxiety and distraction. And you know it takes 23 minutes to think about something deeply. So these constant interruptions when we're going back and forth from our phone to whatever task we're doing, it you, you, you cannot multitask. That is a, a complete misnomer. Multitasking is not, is not uh, you know, something you can do. Well, I just moved my phone. I want you to know. But I'm wondering right now, I wonder how my phone's doing. Well, no, you should take it and you should put it out of sight because I was had my brain wired and chest te- checked for distraction and for anxiety producing because yeah. my phone started going and my brain waves started going crazy. Right. And I did it with Steve Aoki because I'm sort of friendly with Steve. I know, kind of a funny little did, did odd get, couple. Did you get but, caked? Did he cake you? No, he did, hasn't caked me yet. But I love Steve and he's such a <laughs> he is such a tech addict. And of course, his whole profession is re- relies tech. on yeah. on tech. But he, I think he Instagrams like a million times a day on these stories. And so he and I went went and got our brains tested. He's also very interested in brain science. Right. You know, things that you don't know about yeah. Steve Aoki. <laughs> so um, so we went to this this lab out in California and had our brains tested. And you have one. You, we, all, we all have brains. <laughs> Let me take you back in time. Uh-oh. This is uh, NBC Today Show. A conversation with you and Bryant Gumbel about the internet. Have oh, you, God. Have you heard this? Uh, you think? <laughs> About a thousand times. This is, but this this is, is our favorite. This is our favorite. <laughs> what, what is internet? 1994. Here, maybe a little loud. So I sure like it with okay. the Russian accent. Listen, here we go. That now 56 pass. I wasn't prepared to translate that as I was doing that little tease. Oh, that's that right. little mark with the A and then the ring around it. At. See, that's what I said. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie said she thought it was about. Yeah. Oh. But I'd never heard it. I'd never heard it said. I'd always seen the mark, but never heard it said. And then it sounded stupid when I said it. Violence at NBC. Uh, I heard around or about the lunchroom the other week. There it is. Violence at NBC. GE com. I mean, what Allison should know. What what is internet anyway? Internet is uh, that massive computer network, Mm -hmm. the one that's becoming really big now. (laughs) 
What do you mean? That's bad. How does one know? What He's do you getting mad. It? Like Listen. mail? No, a lot of people <laughs> use it and communicate. It, I guess they can communicate with NBC writers and producers. Allison, can you explain what internet is? <laughs> no, she can't say anything in 10 seconds or less. Oh. oh. Allison will be in the studio shortly. What, is <laughs> what does it mean? It's a, it's a giant computer network made up, made up of... Uh, started from. Oh, I thought uh, you were going to tell us what this was. It's like a, looking a computer the billboard. It's, it's not in it's, it, it's It's a computer billboard, but it's nationwide, right. and it's, it's several uh, universities and everything all joined together. And right. And others can access it. And, right. And it's crazy. It was Allison, by the way. Allison is, uh, was the writer for the Today Show. <laughs> <laughs> but did you hear Bryant Gumbel? Allison Davis. He was getting all worked up. Yeah. What is internet? Well, isn't it's that just, insane, though? Think about it. That was 1994. Yeah. He was probably thinking it's not going to last anyway. <laughs> I mean, isn't that funny? God, it's just amazing. Well, it's, anything, for instance, the other day we were talking about uh, some technical thing at my house. And yeah. we were going, wow, that's really cool. And I and I reminded my, my partner, Alex, you know, in one year we're going to look back on this conversation yep. and go, gosh, remember when that was new? Uh-huh. Now it's nothing. I know you think, you know, have Alexis, uh, Alexa, sorry, oh, yeah. not Alexis, Alexa coming up with everything. And, you know, or I mean, I talked to this little disc in yeah. my bedroom all the time. And then I, you know, I think she can hear everything, no, right? she's listening totally. in. Totally. And you have to say Alexa off, right? Yep. If I you don't she, want her to know, but she's still like, there. what you're telling your husband sometimes or talking she, smack about somebody. I swear, sometimes she will start talking to me and I'm just like, I didn't ask you anything. What are you doing? Like, it scares me. But I mean, it really does feel like we're living in the Jetsons. Yeah. Right? There's robots now. I was in Kohl's the other day, and there's a robot that is at the door, and you can ask it questions, and it can whatever. Then there was another store where there was a little robot just moving around with everyone, and I'm like, what? what is going on? This well, is I would crazy. do a sex doll factory for this episode <laughs> in San Diego. How was that? No, no. Hi. I thought you all would enjoy that. And and first of all, there are these, you know, there are these life-size dolls I think they have detachable genitalia because I asked if they were dishwasher safe. <laughs> and uh, and now they have AI in these robots and these dolls. So you can actually have a conversation. And I interviewed this gentleman who owns four. Was he, and, good, was he a good kisser? <laughs> uh, you'll have to ask Harmony, his oh. new robot. Oh, okay. I mean, it's so crazy, isn't it? Yes. But one in four guys say they would be willing yeah. to have sex with a robot in the next 50 years. Can I bet one des- in four guys in this room probably have. You can design your own doll, I think. Yes, you can yeah. design it. Everything from like, I mean, like what? how much hair you want them to have, their eyebrows, their eyes, their hair, you know, their hair color, their breast size. It is really, really weird. And they had this whole table full of nipples. And I was like, (laughs) that one looks, those look like yarmulkes. What the hell is going on here? They're all different colors. Which episode is is this? This is episode three, and it's called Your Brain on Tech. It is bizarro. (laughs) Bizarre. But they have artists. I mean, they're really works of art. They cost like $20,000. And this guy, I was it's like, cheaper than a boyfriend. I was like, don't you miss having conversations with real people and being able to interact? And he's like, no, not at all. I was all like, right. all right. I get it. No, I can see there was, why yeah. there's a need for it. By the way, Katie Couric is here. Her new show, uh, not only on National Geographic, but it, it's America Inside Out. It's everywhere. It's, it's on Hulu, YouTube, it's Facebook. Everywhere. And there, there's so, there are so many things you could be watching. but why On demand. You should be watching something that's going to open your mind. It's going to teach you yeah. about a table full of nipples. I mean, <laughs> okay, but let's move on. There, I mean, there are some other serious things you guys tackle on this. Yeah. Uh, the revolt. Yes, that was on gender inequality in Hollywood, Silicon Valley, and beyond. And ironically, I came up with this 
in the summer, which predated the Me Too, Time's Up movement, everything right. about sexual harassment, sexual misconduct in the workplace. And what I really wanted to understand is why are women so stuck? Why are the numbers so bad? I mean, when you look at them in terms of CEOs or people in the corner office or the number of uh, directors in Hollywood, you know, the number of women on boards, the numbers are pathetic. And I wanted to know what the hell is going on. It's 2018. Women have been in the workplace for a long time. There are more women in law school and I think medical school now than men. So I wanted to really kind of unravel that. And that's what I did. I went to the set of The Handmaid's Tale in Toronto. I interviewed Viola Davis because Mm. of intersectionality. There's even more challenges for women of color in terms of, as she said, Katie, we just want to get paid what white women are getting paid. You know, because if you look at the statistics... Uh, you know, they're much worse for, so for women of color. So why is it stuck in the mud? It, it does seem to be spinning and not moving. Wh- I think, you know, there are a lot of reasons, but one of the things that I looked at was cultural conditioning and implicit bias. You know, from the time we're out of the womb, we're assaulted by these images and messages, which I think make us view gender and race uh, in very specific ways. And I think that there... Kara Swisher, who I love, who I interviewed about Silicon Valley, talked about the meritocracy, M-I-R-R-O-R. People hire people who look like themselves. And I think that, you know, that it's just been able to go on and there haven't been things that have been put in place that change changes the equation. In, in symphony orchestras now, they're blind auditions. So you can't tell the gender of the person who's auditioning. Oh. And it's really increased the number of women in orchestras all across the country. Wow. So blind resumes are one solution. The Rooney Rule, which was named after Dan Rooney, the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm a sports idiot. Oh, no, sorry, 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 sorry uh, for misspeaking about that. But anyway, he put a rule in place. They wanted more diversity in the coaching and management ranks of the NFL, that if there's an opening, at least one candidate, one minority candidate must be interviewed. So that opens up the possibilities immediately. So I think there are a lot of things that can be done that make, you know, in terms of negotiating salaries and having a flat salary for every job. So that was really interesting, too. Wow. Wow. You you would think, especially after this year, how intense these stories have been, change is underway. Right. You would think. I think that it is, but, you know, I think it's, change is hard. That's right. one of the over, you know, overarching things I learned from doing this series. You know, we all get set in our ways. We all have a particular point of view. You know, changing our minds yeah. and considering different things and making that kind of mental shift is challenging. Furthermore, macrocosmic change is hard. We're, you know, witnessing a huge change in demographics. By 2044, this country will be majority minority population. And for, let's be honest, for white people who have been sort of had had more advantages than everyone else for so long, who've been sort of the norm, for them to kind of adjust to this, for some people, it's really hard. It's causing problems. Yeah. And this is another thing you learned, working hard, meeting all these people across the country. There, there is there is outrage, actual outrage. Some people are just so mad because they feel like they're getting cheated. They're getting right. screwed. And, and, and But the, the answers aren't there. They can't figure out what it is. Well, yeah, one so of the mad. episodes is on white anxiety. And I think people are feeling, I think a lot of it actually has its roots in economic insecurity. You know, economically, we've gone from a manufacturing to a technological society, all these industrial towns in the Rust Belt. 
and in the Midwest, they're shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. Young people aren't staying in these small cities and towns. They're leaving for big urban centers, which is great for cities, although that that brings another host of problems with overcrowding and stuff like that. But, you know, some of these towns are dying and uh, they're seeing their way of life that existed during their grandparents, great grandparents and great great grandparents era just kind of disintegrate. And so it's causing a lot of anxiety. And also, I think that so many people just feel disrespected. You know, there's a lot of what Joan Williams wrote a great book called White Working Class calls cultural condescension and cultural cluelessness. And people just want to be respected for what they do. And there are a lot of very hardworking blue collar folks out there who are actually making the country go. And somehow, because of their education level or their quote-unquote lack of sophistication, they are not respected. And I think that that kind of resentment is so powerful. And that, I think, creates, foments this anger. So out of all your travels, out of all the people you spoke with putting this incredible series together, what's the headline that maybe surprised you the most? What did you learn? And you actually looked yourself in the mirror and go, Katie, you learned this today. This is kind of cool. I learned so much. I mean, I can't even tell you, for example, the whole Confederate statue debate. I didn't realize that most of these statues were erected at the height of the Jim Crow South or the Jim Crow era, not immediately after the Civil War, as a real affront to African-Americans who were starting to make progress. Or a lot of these schools were named following Brown v. Board of Education, integrating public schools as a sign to say, no, we're not going with the federal government. We're not integrating our schools. If you hear about that in that context, it does make you wonder Do these individuals, do these quote-unquote iconic figures have a place in public spaces, which very much announce to the community, these are our values? So I learned that. I learned, um, you know, that Storm Lake, Iowa has embraced an immigrant population. And because of that, because of that, it's thriving as a community. So, I mean, gosh, I learned everything. I I mean, I learned, I did one uh, episode on the age of outrage And it's about cultural appropriation, safe spaces, trigger warnings, microaggressions, this whole new language about how we look at the world and kind of uh, interact with people. And, you know, at first I was like, oh, safe spaces, that's ridiculous. And now I understand why safe spaces are a positive thing for some people who are members of a marginalized community who, you know, who who may may need that kind of... uh, you know, space to to figure out where they stand. These are 18-year-olds, you know, and to, to formulate their positions and their outlooks. And so I, I, I think everything is so nuanced. I just am not doctrinaire about anything anymore because I try to understand, okay, yes. And, and it, it, when you think about the extremes, and I think the media now, I think, plays on extremes. They want people to be outraged or to get all fired up because if they are fired up, they'll read it, they'll share it, and they'll kind of stew in it. But things are much more complicated than than we than they seem and they're much less black and white. There's so many gray areas. That, and that's so important to remember that. Did that happen a lot though where you went in with one mindset and came out and be like, oh my gosh, I've been totally wrong about this the whole time. Well, I guess maybe about some of the political correctness stuff, you know, like <laughs> microaggressions or trigger warnings and you know trigger warnings have been i think blown out of proportion yes there are examples where they seem a little bit beyond the pale like 
oh, you know, this has a scene in it. If, if it re-traumatizes you, you can leave. But in a way, it's actually just common courtesy to say, as a student at Northwestern said, an African-American student said, my professor said today we're discussing blackface. I wanted to give you a heads up because I just, if you feel uncomfortable, I just wanted you to know that. And to me, that's like just being considerate yeah. of a student yeah. who may be in the minority, in the classroom, may feel awkward or uncomfortable. And so, of course, anything can be taken too far. But if you understand it, then you're less kind of uh, extreme in your own reaction to it, if that makes sense. Are you having fun? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I'm learning so much. I feel like... Look at all you've done, Katie. Katie Kirk, by the way. I which, <laughs> Just, I mean, when it, in the world of journalism and broadcast entertainment as well, you've you've been doing this. It seems like successfully for a very long time. I've been doing this for yeah, God, it's so crazy. So look what you're doing now versus, <laughs> let's say, co-hosting the Today Show. You, you know, know, it's funny because sometimes I sort of miss that day to day, that daily connection I had with an audience, which now I get from my Instagram account because right. I feel actually close to people through Instagram, and I sort of miss kind of being in the middle of the news cycle, like, although I think it must be very psychically depleting to, to kind of just, it must feel like Groundhog Day because every day there's a new scandal or controversy. But to be able to to really dig deep into something and explore it, I feel like I'm doing a bit of a public service. Wow. So are you going to watch? Of course. I, 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 like, I'm so intrigued now. I know. That's the thing. Well, I think, I think you guys will. I hope, I hope you watch, and I hope your listeners watch. And really the goal is to use them as a springboard for further conversation. Like, you know, people can still have a point of view, but maybe they'll just – I had this – can I just finish with one thing? Because I no, know absolutely. I'm just talking so much, you guys. But no, I, no, no, I no. have I've been <laughs> sucking on this iced coffee, and apparently the caffeine <laughs> is kicking in. She's high. I had, high this, I had this very profound experience talking to some EMS workers in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And I just threw out a couple of things because I knew what they were going to say. It was pretty predictable. I said, they're all white guys. And I said, what do you think of Colin Kaepernick? And, of course, they were highly critical, terrible, disrespectful. Um, and I know some people feel that way. And then I said, what do you think about Black Lives Matter? And they predictably said all lives matter. And then an African-American EMS worker named Carlos walked in. And he sat down, and we were sort of laughing about the timing right on cue. And Carlos went on to say, you know, as an African-American man in this country, when I was a little boy, I saw people getting lynched for looking at someone like you, Katie. And, you know, all the things that are happening now uh, are, are really kind of a continuation of, and you have to wonder if that kind of hatred still exists. Anyway, I can't quite paraphrase exactly what he said, but he was just very calm, sort of talked about his point of view and why these movements mattered and how much further we have to go in terms of racial equality. So all the guys were listening to him, and one next to him said, you know, just listening to you for five minutes makes me change my point of view. And I, and the other gentleman said, you know, Carlos, we've never talked about these things because we don't want to make, we've never wanted to make you feel uncomfortable. And I said, wow, look, if, if, if more people sat around eating cold pizza, kind of talking this way, instead of being in their own echo chambers, think how much progress we'd be making in terms of understanding each other. And that's sort of what I want this series to do. I want it to just open people's eyes to different points of view and to be able to say, gosh, I thought about this 
one way. And now I'm sort of reconsidering my point of view. So it's great to be yeah. able to say, you know what? I used to feel A, now I feel B. Yeah. You know, or, lot, I, or, or Elvis, I never thought of it that way, yeah. right? Right. That's the highest compliment people yeah. have paid me. They said, I watched this series and, you know, I never thought of it that way. Right. They don't even have to make up their minds about anything. Right. Just, right. just understand there's another point of view, another perspective. And so congratulations. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on to talk about it because, you know, you put work, you know, I've worked, as Alva said, I did work my ass off for eight months. I traveled all around this country, which also was great because you don't see that on television. You don't see some of these people represented in any way, shape or form on television now. And uh, so you put it out in the world and you just hope that people are responding to it and people are learning from it. What else can you do? Congratulations. Yeah. How fun. I mean, and plus, there's a table filled with nipples. That's right. Oh, my God. Can't go wrong there, I'm really can't sorry you? I brought that up. But, hey, by the way, that, for everyone. There were, that's that's not all the tables had on. So I'm going to leave sure. the rest to your imagination. Sure it was quite a buffet. Yeah, uh, Katie Kirk, National Geographic, of course, is one place to see America inside out. I believe Wednesday. Well, no, it's well, so no. they've all aired. So they've now you can aired. see them on demand. Okay. And you can see them on, on YouTube, Facebook, and Hulu. Hulu's a really easy place to look at uh, these episodes. Okay. So you can binge watch them if you want. Absolutely. And tell people, to, you know, I'd love to hear what people think. If they want to tell me or if they have an opinion or if there's a question they have, they can tweet me. And, you know, put, you know, I'm on Instagram all the time, pretty much 24 seven. I do have sickness. Elvis is bad. Very bad. <laughs> I know you're and, uh, You've got the fever. And Facebook, of course. So, you know, that's the whole hashtag for the series is keep talking. So hopefully people will do just that. What is internet? <laughs> Allison. Where is Allison? You tweet, when you need tweet her. her. It's a circle, with an A with a circle around it. <laughs> About, around. And, and again, I apologize for stepping on your daughter. Oh, that's okay. Elvis stepped on my daughter. I don't even remember that, but all is forgiven. (laughs) She's okay. And she's graduating from college, and she seems no worse for the wear. See? Katie Couric, absolutely fascinating. Thank you for coming. Thank you guys so much. This is Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. I want to say I love you. I found you guys five years ago. Y'all rock. Well, thank you. Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. So, so much going on. Froggy, to your point earlier, we need to uh, we need to address the bandit that's running around your your neighborhood. Froggy, he's not in. Okay. Hello. All right. Hello. Uh, anyway, so we'll, we'll, we'll maybe talk about... he had a poopy. Well, I know, but you don't poopy during the show. <laughs> well, if you gotta go, and you know, sometimes you gotta go. You need to put our show pri- make it priority one. If you gotta, if you gotta poopy, that's priority number two. If you know what I'm saying. Wait till later. Anyway, we'll get to him in a minute. He has a bandit running around called the Shaky Bandit, and he is this guy is like robbing stores, I believe, and he shakes because he gets nervous. I, I hate to tell you, when I hear the Shaking Bandit, I think of something else. You know, after a boy goes potty, he shakes it to make sure everything's done. So that's what I feel like this guy's going around doing to everybody. He's peeing on people and He's shaking. He's peeing on people well, and I don't shaking think, it. I don't. I don't think this is the one, but I'm sure there is one of those. We'll oh get. Oh my it. gosh! If you if you had a bandit name, what would it be? <laughs> All right, so Froggy. Yes. You know me. I would be the apologetic bandit. Yeah. I'm so sorry, but I need your money, okay? Please give it to me. uh, I'm going to give half of it back, but put it in your pocket because I want you to spend it on your family. Uh, Skier, you got music for this? Uh, It's now... (laughs) 
<laughs> it's now time to learn your bandit name. Hey, Michael. Yeah. Before we get going, you actually saw a story about the hugging bandits. Who's that? Yeah, so basically it looks like what they do is like they go into a store, like they wrap the door, and then they just hug in front of the security camera before they leave. Oh, so they, they put on a show for security. Oh. The yeah. hugging bandits. They got to be famous. Now, now, if you were a bandit, would you have a name? Um, I don't know. You know, the I don't have a name bandit. The bandit that shall remain nameless. All right, Michael, thank you. Keep an eye out for the hugging bandits. Uh, Katie, if you were the, a bandit, what would your name be? Um, I would be the bitchy bandit. The bitchy bandit. <laughs> what do you mean? Now, how would you strike as the bitchy bandit? Um, I don't know. I'd probably just roll up in there and be like, uh, give me your money or you're dead. Like, there's no. <laughs> you would use the word like a lot. Like, can you just like give me your money? Okay. Yeah, like hand it over. Uh, <laughs> I know. The bitchy, non enthusiastic bandit. I got you. All right. Hold on. Uh, hello, Jeremy. Yes. Jeremy, uh, Jeremy uh, so we already had the shaky bandit who got nervous while he was robbing people. Well, you would be the what bandit? I would be the farty bandit. Oh. So why is that? <laughs> I fart when I'm nervous. <laughs> the gassy bandit. <laughs> if, you, if you don't give me your money, I fumigate your brain. Yep. That's basically I'm, I'm here to rob you. A little gassy. All right, well, thank you. Good luck, Jeremy. And good luck to anyone who's robbed by Jeremy. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna fart on you. Yeah, I don't think I want to be robbed by him. Give me all your cash, or I'm gonna fart on you. Would, would that work? <laughs> if someone walked into your place of business and they didn't have a gun, they really had no weapon at all, but they said, "I'm going to fart if you don't give me your money." What would you do? Would you say yes? No, I I take the fart and keep my money. I'm all right with the fart. I'm telling you now. <laughs> I'm going to give me your cash. Oh. Now. Oh, oh. Okay, really? <laughs> oh, God. Really? Come on. What, Greg T? I would be the naked bandit, because I do everything in the nude. So I would just go into people's houses, get all their stuff naked, and then run out All right, naked. thank you. I'm looking forward to that. Streaker. This is Elvis Duran. Hello, lady. In the morning show. It's been a year since that WannaCry ransomware swept the globe. It was all over computers. It was wreaking havoc. It was just an awful, awful time. And since then, more and more vicious, evil people have been creeping and crawling into my computer, into my phone. It's amazing to me how many scams people come up with. Really. It's just ridiculous. Despite the potential billions of dollars in damage that was caused, hundreds of thousands of computers with unpatched systems are still vulnerable today with similar for similar attacks to occur. So make sure your operating system is up to date. That's why we suggest LifeLock Identity Theft Protection now with the power of Norton Security for that added protection. We've been using Norton Security on our computers for years, and now with LifeLock, they cover this wide range of things that we're not going to be able to cover on our own. Yeah. They use their proprietary technology to help protect against identity theft, like your info for sale on the dark web. It's going to end up there. Seriously, I'm I hope warning not. you. It's not because I've got LifeLock already, so we're good. Oh, well, then why am I reading this? <laughs> well, everyone else that doesn't have it. Daniel's the only one that listened to me. <laughs> I love LifeLock, and you know they have people ready to go to uh, help fight to get your name cleared. And uh, look, they can't catch every cyber threat or prevent all identity theft, but new LifeLock with Norton Security can uncover threats we can't do it. 
10% off your first year if you go to lifelock.com, promo code Elvis at checkout. That's lifelock.com, enter the promo code Elvis. Hey, how you doing, Elvis? <laughs> I don't know. This is getting kind of weird. Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. So, you can't even walk into my office because everyone is sending me stuff. It's great, but after a while, I don't know what to do with half yeah. of it, but a lot of it's great stuff. So, what'd you get? All right, well, here, here's my own personalized jar of Jif peanut butter. It says Elvis Duran Jif. Oh. How cool is that? That's Look, very my, cool. It has my name on my own. I it, like that. It's the peanut butter I grew up with because my mother was a choosy mother. Oh. So, anyway, thank you to the Jif Corporation. They sent me this. Right. Yeah, yeah. This, okay, last week or two weeks ago, I was on NBC Today's show with my artist, You Need to Know. Yeah. Her name was Elle Winter. Yeah. She was so fantastic. She sent me this long thank you note. Oh, that's so sweet. And this incredible purple and green green scarf with skulls all over it. Oh, I like that. That's very cool. I know. Back off. I love my skulls. You see my pupils dilating. <laughs> what else did I get? Oh, let me tell you something. You know that we fell in love with weeklytasting.com where they oh, send yeah. us, not only do they send us four wines every week, but stories behind the wines and yeah. what kind of terrain they were, the grapes were grown on and whatever. So this week I got a Malbec and, uh, and uh, a, a, some other Spanish wine. But wait, there's only two bottles. Hello, where are the other two bottles? There's, there's still two back there. Oh. Right. <laughs> it's like going to a, a weekly wine tasting, but in your own house. And they really, really... Do a great job in describing the wine to you. What did you just get? What did you just get, Brody? Uh, I just got my wife four bottles of red blends because I know nothing about wine, and they suggested four things based on what I told them that she likes. It's not a club. You choose when to buy and what to buy. No surprises. Always free shipping. I love weeklytasting.com. So, I mean, when was the last time you cleaned out your office? Don't you get great oh, stuff like this? I have so much stuff on my desk, it's ridiculous. My stuff's not that cool, though. I think I have some coupons for a sandwich or well, something. I got peanut butter <laughs> and red wine. Uh, thank you, weeklytasting.com. And look, now you'll never guess who sent me this. Oh, look at this. Oh, lots of candy and snacks. This, this is a big snack basket. You know who it's from? Oh. The BTS Army. Oh. oh. What are they thanking you for yeah, loving them? because we support BTS. We yeah. play BTS. We love them. So they sent me some candy. So thank you, Rachel. Here's some cheese doodles. Oh, those are delicious. May we open these? Yeah, go for it. Okay, thank you. Oh, my God, man. So I got an idea. If you want to send us something, send us something. <laughs> Please. Jewelry, shoes. What address do you I'm a size eight. <laughs> 32 Avenue of yeah. the Americas. 32 Avenue of the Americas. Third floor, Elvis Duran. Yeah. yeah. 10013. Yeah. I love things that are edible. <laughs> mm. Applegate Farms sent hot dogs. Yeah, they're the cleaner wiener. Don't forget. I'm sorry? The cleaner wiener. <laughs> I'm not that picky. They don't have any bad stuff in their hot dogs. I love a cleaner wiener. <laughs> well, okay. Why is it that Elvis, they're sending you all this quality stuff? And then Danielle gets a picture drawn of her. <laughs> Someone sent her a picture of her. Like because we have a lot of artists we listening do. to our show. Okay, we get pictures of, of our cats and our dogs all the time. It's not edible, though. We don't, we don't have to eat everything that scary. comes to this door, Wait, no, something else just arrived. Yeah. What? What's that? What just arrived, Scotty B? Some guy uh, invented this thing called cart stay. It's it's a plastic, it's just a piece of plastic. It looks like a shovel, and you put it under your shopping cart in the lot so it doesn't, the cart doesn't run away. <laughs> I would love that. Here, here you go. Enjoy. It looks like somebody ran over a shovel with a car. I love it. No, this is a great way. Don't you hate it when your shopping cart starts to roll away with all your groceries in it? Yeah. This guy's a genius. Send us your stuff. <laughs> Send it to Elvis Duran Show, third floor, 32 Avenue of the Americas, New York, 10013. Yeah. You don't know what you just did. 
I, I, you know what? We, we did a contest once. Send us your school lunch. Oh, please don't do that. And and kids started sending school lunches. And we in, got in so much trouble. Oh, you have the, the U.S. Postal Service. Was it in like Tupperware oh. at least? Yes, Tupperware. in envelopes, mashed potatoes coming out the side. It was, it was not good. It was not a good idea. It was not good. Do not send us your school lunch. Shoes we will take. <laughs> right, send us your stuff. 32 Avenue of the Americas, third floor, Elvis Duran Show, 10013. All right, let me get into this. Keeping you current on all things Elvis. The Morning Show Twitter account. Follow us now at Elvis Duran Show. Elvis Duran and the Morning Show. So here I am staring at a bag of Tate's Bake Shop thin, crispy, buttery chocolate chip cookies. And as soon as I'm done talking to you, I'm opening this bag and no one's going to stop me. Tate's Bake Shop cookies at your favorite market. Uniquely crispy, deeply delicious. Elvis Duran, the Elvis Duran phone tap. Here we go, a phone tap. An old friend coming to visit us again. Hmm. Scary. Yes. Go ahead. Frances wants to phone tap her dad, Sydney. Sydney is retired and sits home all day. And when telemarketers call him, he doesn't hang up right away. Instead, he engages them in conversation and he messes with them. Oh, no. So she thought this could make a great scenario for a phone tap using my Michael Oppenheimer character. Look, you know, I'm surprised people don't recognize this Michael Oppenheimer guy, but sometimes they don't like this guy. Here we go. Scary's phone tap. Hello? Oh, yes. Good morning. Good morning. This is Mr. Michael Oppenheimer with Cockburn's Port Wine. How are you doing today, sir? Port Wine? I'm, I'm yes. doing fine. How How are you? Who are you? My name is Mr. Michael Oppenheimer. Um, Michael you, Oppenheimer. Do I know you? Well, you're getting to know me as we speak right now. Yeah, you're okay. on a list of people to be called today. About, really? Yes. How'd um, you get that list? How'd my name get on that list? We understand that you enjoy wine. The Cockburns family have vineyards for years. We are purveyors of purveyors. fine port. You should change the name of your wine. A lousy name, sir. I'm here to just sell it. I'm not. I don't make those decisions. Well, I mean, so, you know, Smuckers did a great job with jelly, but yes. Cockburn wine—that's uh, You could look us up. I will look you up. Never heard of you. Cockburn's fine tawny port pairs beautifully with nuts. So holy, shit, you really are real. That's weird. I never heard of you. <laughs> so anyway, we could have three bottles of your choice sent over to you. Three for- bottles. No, no, three bottles. That's three bottles. Oh, I thought you said free. I'll take the free one for just sixty nine ninety nine. So uh, sounds like I, you're I'm a fan. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not interested, fella. I, I'm not gonna. Well, maybe pay somebody for, in for your family. That, I mean, even though you're online, no, I'm not interested. We're okay? an online but wine. I don't want to whine at you, but but please get off my line. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Don't you have any special occasions coming okay, up? Okay, I'm not. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. A family barbecue. Leave Okay. Is it someone's birthday? I'm gonna hang up on you. Nothing is like giving the gift of cockburns. Don't you understand plain English? Hello. Oh, yes. Good morning. This is Mr. Michael Oppenheimer with Cockburns Port Wine. My- Michael. I'm- Michael, we've already spoken. Okay. I'm not interested in your. You wine. didn't let me finish, Please sir. Stop. No, no, no. I don't. I'm not interested. I looked you up online. The secret. You know, you're a real thing, even though the name sucks. Leave me alone, okay? Stop calling me. The secret to Cockburn's great taste is in the seasoned wood from the barrels it's stored seasoned in. Seasoned wood in the barrel. You know what? Get your self in the barrel and drown yourself in your Cockburn wine, you head. I don't want to talk to you. Hello? Good morning. This is Mr. Michael Oppenheimer with Cockburn's oh, hang on a second. Port I'm just wine. about to do something. Don't go away, please, okay? Just... It makes the perfect party pairing. Your guests will swallow every drop. Uh, It's a pretty stiff drink. Uh, 
just flushing the door. I had to pee. Imagine the look on their faces when they opened the door and you're standing there with a cockburns in your hand. I can't imagine anything except punching you in the nose. From its sleek, beautiful bottle, sleek, the second... The second... White or red or mixed together and piss pink. I won't drink it. I don't care about the barrels. I don't care about the bottles or the labels. Your guests will want some more when you're... I guess I don't have guests. Nobody comes to my home. Nobody calls me except you. Everyone around the table will be putting cockburns in their mouth. Shove it up your ass, you dead. You don't even have the decency to have your number come across. I might call her ID. So For $69.99, it's a steal of a deal. This $69.99. Is, this is, do that with your girlfriend while you're both drunk on your cockburns. Why? We do accept PayPal, sir. You do accept PayPal. That's wonderful. Take your Just PayPal out on a date and get her drunk. Did you know that our wine has won awards? I don't give a sh Raise your glass with me. Pretend like you're holding a Cockburns and take a sip with me. What did you do wrong in life? From the tone of your voice, you must be on mega doses of Prozac. Can't you just taste these ripe grapes? You're calling me from a mental institution. You're in a straitjacket with a microphone around your head. This is all you can do with your life. You're an idiot. If you don't like it, you could return uh, it. You know, call the nurse and ask her for some more Prozac. We'll okay? get your money Maybe back. Maybe will put you to sleep, but you'll just be having this wonderful dream about calling people who don't exist. Do that, please. You'll save the world. Sir, it sounds like you've already got a head start in drinking. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's a great idea. Why don't you come over at your limousine and pick me up and drive me to drink? <laughs> I don't want to hear from you anymore, you pathetic piece of shit. Well, you don't have to hear much more of me because you've been phone tapped. Huh? My name is Scary Jones from Elvis Duran in the Morning Show, and your daughter Frances put us up to this. Wait, what are you talking about? We're a radio show. Radio show? Yeah. You're driving me nuts with this stuff? Yeah, Francis. Oh, why? Because Francis knows that you like to mess with telemarketers when they call. Oh, ah! Elvis Duran phone tap. This phone tap was pre-recorded with permission granted by all participants. The Elvis Duran phone tap only on Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. Hey, it's Elvis Duran. You hear us talking about ZipRecruiter all the time. We're hearing stories from our listeners about how ZipRecruiter.com is the best, smartest way to hire new professionals for your business. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built this platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for. They identify the person with the right experience, and then they invite them to apply to your job. You don't have to miss that great match. That's why ZipRecruiter is different, unlike other hiring sites. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. Only the right people will apply for the job. The right candidates are out there, and ZipRecruiter is how you're going to find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter, and you can use it for free. Let us help you hire someone for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Elvis. ZipRecruiter.com slash Elvis. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Elvis. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This is Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. All right, Sam. Samantha, producer Samantha, whatever you want to call her, she's here to do what's trending. What is trending today? All right, so it is super hard for me to get up some mornings. I have a very <laughs> early alarm clock for this job. Thankfully, I think I just discovered my new favorite coffee in a can. It's from Rise Brewing Company. I've had this baby three days in a row, and it's a marvel that I have not actually run out the wall yet. So it's a nitro cold brew. Yes, this is a nitro May I have a cold sip? brew. Absolutely. Ugh. Okay. 
It's like heavy duty stuff. You can mix it with cream, of course, if you want, but it comes black. Huh. It is no joke. And they also have a nitro cold brew lemonade flavor and blood orange flavor. <gasps> I like blood orange. They have fancy stuff. I have not tried those yet. I'm a black coffee girl, so I'm sticking with this guy. But yes, if you're looking for like an Does extra it really give kick, you the buzz, though? Oh, it gets me going. Okay. <laughs> it's bad. So that's Rise Woo. Brewing Company Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Yes, my In the can. coffee. In, In the, the can. In the can. And I also love to take care of my skin. You guys know that. So I was super psyched when I discovered this. So the brand Foreo is kind of famous for having really expensive skincare yeah. brushes. You have one too, right? I have right? one of these, yeah. Yeah, so they just came out with a smaller Luna line of their silicone brushes, and it exfoliates your skin. It feels super cool. But what's awesome about it is it connects to your smartphone, so you download an app, so you can actually keep track of your skin's health. It tells you your moisture levels, skin age, and it customizes a cleansing routine for you. Are you serious? I'm serious. So yeah. it can tell you what you need more or less of? And no. it vibrates and it's Oh, it's vibrating. Let uh, me put that no. down my pants. <laughs> Careful with check-on luggage oh, with that paper. No. Oh, yeah. Well, now I don't want that one now. That is, that is nice. Yeah, so check it out. Everything. It is says my Elvis. skin is supple. <laughs> what does it say? Your ages? I don't know. Everything's at ElvisDuran.com. Keyword trending. And that's what's trending. Thank you, Samantha. The Celebrity Buzz Podcast with Garrett and gossip columnist Rob Shooter. Anytime Beyonce does anything, the world just stops. It does stop because she makes it stop. The Celebrity Buzz Podcast. New episodes every week on the iHeartRadio app. iHeartRadio. Elvis Duran. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. 
Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.